0: Like to accompany you. Sabrina, why don't you dance a little? Christy, get down on your knees.
1: We're not through yet. That's a wonderful suit. It
0: looks so soft. I don't think I can control myself. Something bad will happen. I feel lethal. On the verge of frenzy. I think my mask of sanity is about to slip. Do you have any witnesses or fingerprints? Actually, oh, yes. Hmm. You're inhuman. I know my uh Behavior can be erratic sometimes.
2: Hey, Paul! Ah! So, what do you do?
0: I'm into, uh, well, murders and executions mostly. I have all the characteristics of a human being, but not a single clear, identifiable emotion. I simply am not there.
3: I uh,
4: I just had to kill a lot of people.
5: Welcome to Movie Night Extravaganza, episode seventy-six. Never thought we'd uh, we'd be you know this far, but I'm, I'm you know this fast anyway. I'm happy we are. Um, this is the last episode of season two, and then we're going to be taking a short little hiatus. And this is also the last episode of Movie Night Madness, um, our little watch through that we've done for the last uh, for March, our March Madness bracket, I guess. Um, you know, introducing the panel right now because it's a big panel. Uh, we have Jay Andrew. Returning videos world illustrator artist, you know, Ben Burgess collaborator, guy who draws stuff. And I still
6: got? have a blockbuster card in my wallet.
5: <laughs> Word. All right. I think I, I think I have one somewhere upstairs actually. From, I, don't think, you know, <laughs> I, I actually a-
6: used it recently because uh, Facebook said my name wasn't real.
5: And I'm like, oh <laughs>
6: bullshit, like send send us proof of documentation. I'm like I don't trust you well, you just had a big hack. I'm not gonna send you my documentation. <laughs> So I took a picture of my uh, Blockbuster card.
5: Nice. And you returned to the know. Too. Yeah,
7: next thing you know, they're going to be checking out Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in your name.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got, you know, Protonic Reversal, Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends, not Conan Neutron and the Secret Friend Zone. Conan Neutron. <laughs>
7: <laughs> hello, 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 good people. Welcome, welcome.
5: Uh, glad to be here.
7: Can't wait to compare business cards with y'all later. <laughs>
8: Was there some confusion? I don't understand the reference to friend zone.
5: Oh, cause I, cause I was nervous. I was nervous a couple uh, weeks ago when we had a big guest and I was trying to get through the introduction. Cause I had like a paragraph written for uh, Joseph McBride and I ended up and, stumbling with my words and, and saying Conan neutron in the secret friend zone. Like, and it
7: was great. Cause I
4: was like,
5: mm. and then
7: Andy was like, Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> and then we didn't say anything for a couple minutes. And then we're like, uh, we're gonna say something. I, I just, yeah,
8: th- that's for when you guys open up the pizza parlor, and that'll be right. the secret friend zone.
7: Oh, that's like when they got the, oh. the, the uh, strobe lights going, and you're like, yes, and an animatronic
8: kid. Conan,
5: yeah, yeah. Hey, everybody, welcome <laughs> to the pizza parlor. Yeah, our pizza parlor instantly has a shooting in it. They're like yeah. just- this is where the democratic This is where the Democratic Party has their pedophile ring, <laughs> and they'd be right anyway. Five minutes, all right. the right.
7: we'll
9: next, y'all?
4: Get I was gonna say
7: two. We got through two introductions before we worked that material.
8: <laughs> we got uh, subscribe to the Patreon because YouTube's not monetizing this. <laughs>
5: We got Christina Oaks. I'm Christina on Twitch, uh, and our frequent collaborator for the season. I think you, you and um, no, probably you've been on the most episodes of the season. I think. Um,
9: I mean, I'm bipolar too, so <laughs> this theme really goes well with my mental illness.
4: <laughs>
5: it's Like when we had we had psychiatric hospital discourse on uh, on one floor of the cookies. <laughs> Great
9: therapy, by the way. <laughs>
5: All right, Kendall Shibata, host of class time, and of course the show that we do together once in a while, sometimes Sabbath Cipher, and mm-hmm. a big big uh, Brett Easton Ellis fan. Um, you know, I did enjoy of, this
8: book. book. I did enjoy this book a lot, and I'll explain why I this resonates me with me, even though I like this story, not in the way I think Brett Easton Ellis intended it to be uh, interpreted. Um, but I still love the book, love the movie. In fact, the book is one of the few books I had to put down a few times because it was just That's too brutal. intense. And there's not much violence in it, like, volume-wise, but the violence in it is fucking, yeah, brutal.
5: Harsh toke, as they say. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, he said that he has about, he thinks it's about four pages of violence in, in the book. But, like, you know. That sounds right. Like, so cool. Yeah. And, of course, introducing the long-awaited guest, Aaron Thorpe, co-host on the uh, True Abilities and Struggle session, which um, I just uh, I just watched the Oscars with Leslie and with uh, with Jack and Katie Halper and it was it was a it was a strange, it oh, was yeah. a strange anything happened.
4: <laughs> 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 we cut out
5: before that happened, which is funny because it was like the most boring Oscars of all time, and it, we went for like an hour and a half. And Leslie was like, "Oh, we we just cut it off. Like we've seen enough." And then literally 20 minutes later, everyone was like, "Wow, there was." <laughs> yeah,
10: the... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. I uh, I didn't watch I didn't watch the Oscars and I've been offline, so I didn't even like know that that whole thing happened until like two days later. And, uh, you know, it's just like another thing, I guess, for people, because the only reason these like award shows exist anymore or even like the Super Bowl really is like, well, the Super Bowl, there's commercials. But then there's always like, you know, is something going to happen during the halftime show, you know? Is like Janet Jackson gonna slip another titty, you know? Is like the Oscars. Is Will Smith gonna like slap the shit out of Chris Rock? So, but, uh, but yeah, thanks for having me too, man. Uh, I uh, I've, I've been meaning to come on. There was that one time I was supposed to, but I ended up uh, tripping uh, on mushrooms the night before. And, uh, and uh, I'm glad you kinda, brought if you didn't, <laughs> I was going to. Yeah. I kind of I kind of had to have like a day to kind of uh, just collect myself psychically. So uh, glad glad to be here. And Kenzo, uh, it's good to see you as well. It's been a minute. Good to see you, Aaron. Hell yeah.
8: I'm
9: on Trazodome, by the way, so uh, this it's is gonna a, be fun.
5: It's a it's a, ticking, <laughs> it's a it's a ticking clock, really. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think that the Oscars is an interesting place to start this conversation because you know the scene with uh where they're kind of feigning concern concern for what's happening in Sri Lanka at the time, and they're kind of feigning concerns about all of these different social problems, whether it's you know civil rights or. Uh, you know, rights for women, or like, just this, this endless list kind of barrage of feigning kind of that Patrick Bateman cares about all of these different social issues. And it feels like we've gotten way more like that as a culture, right? Like, you can't just watch someone get you know the shit slapped out of them on live tv at the oscars everybody suddenly because of social media has to have some kind of take about it you have to like Mm -hmm. condemn it or like say oh i think he was right because you know um it connects to like women's rights and standing up for your wife or other people saying oh he was wrong violence is always wrong and you know because it's two black men this connects to racial issues this is just like i mean the dumbest takes obviously which are just like this is just like putin and Zelensky and ukraine and like everything kind of has to yeah. be, it's no longer enough to uh, just passively consume spectacle.
6: You, right? you read the yeah. article, right? The, the one where it actually said that the uh, um, published like the next day, um, the Will Smith doctrine should not be happening in Ukraine.
4: So <laughs> <laughs> Will Smith
6: doctrine? Yes. Which Is, is this based... the only earth that I can live on, by the way? <laughs> yeah, right? Right? I... The, the best, the punchline of the whole thing is the, uh, the, the publisher of that, their tagline is like us, uh, you know, Slow news to get you know to to get the truth. You know, it's like, really, you published that the night after you know, like like somebody was up at like three in the morning coming up with this metaphor, you know, so you can get it on your. The,
7: website the truth is, I have it. secondhand embarrassment for you for writing that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, for the,
5: for but the end of that speech, right? Most importantly, we have to promote uh general social concern and less materialism in young people. Is exactly that kind of discourse. The only difference is that now everybody can kind of see your public profile. We've. we've kind of taken the actual like in-person human aspect even out of it and you're expected to show your social concern show your empathy and connect everything to that and have some kind of take dissect it i mean no pun intended but dissect it like live as it happens and you know all of these things that are happening in the world which are i mean horrifying but also um it all kind of has to be connected together you can no longer just say this is an isolated incident it's cool it's like I, I feel like that's probably fucking staged. You know what I mean? Like it's an award yeah. show. The whole thing is scripted. Like I don't think that necessarily Will Smith was just like had a knee jerk reaction. Walked up. He did like the the pimp walk too. Smacked the shit <laughs> out of him and walked away. Yeah, <laughs> he, like he
10: had to look nice while he was doing it. You know, I just wanted to say, add in, my friend. I was talking to my uh, my homegirl about this last night, and uh, she was saying, or I was, you know, she was saying the same thing you're saying for us. But I was thinking, you know, you know, there's like the trope of like you know, all of these powerful men in the smoky back room <laughs> smoking cigars and they're, like, plotting, like, you know, like, economic and, like, you know, world domination and shit like that. But, like, what if it's, like, legit, just, like, Will Smith's publicist and Chris Rock's publicist, like, like a meeting at, like, the UN type of shit, you know what I'm saying? Where they just meet in, like, a neutral hotel room and they're gonna be like, hey, you know, we're just gonna start some shit. I'm not saying I think this is happening, honestly. I just think it's some genuine stupid shit on the part of Will Smith. But, like, you know, you have a good point about like the kind of manipulation of like um, all of these cultural forces and sort of the way that everybody distills all of these really complex geopolitical issues that involve like, you know, hundreds of years of history and understanding like, you know, all these issues that like, I mean, I don't fucking know. You know, I do a podcast that's a comedy podcast. You know, I'm not one to speak on this shit either. But the only way that people can explain it is to distill it into like, these archetypes, you know, whether it's Harry Potter or the MCU, because nobody really, not even wants to, but knows how to get to, like, the base material issue, which has to do with class and whatnot, you know?
5: Yeah, and and there's always kind of a, a structural narrative that comes right out of, like, you know, like Avengers movies or like Harry Potter movies or really any of these cultural forces where the Game of Thrones
7: live. was a big deal. To <laughs> yeah. yeah every, everybody people it, now it, have it, like just crazy. forgotten about it. They've been like, Nope, <laughs> <Yeah>. that never <laughs> happened. That <laughs> that didn't well, so that, that's because the last <laughs> season
10: was trash. So we had yeah, to, we yeah, had yeah. to kind of like forget that in memory, you know, because it was so look, bad. Look,
7: We have the smartest viewers and listeners on the internet. I assume everyone knows the why
10: the why is because <laughs> that last
7: season was trash. Cause those who <laughs> got too high on cocaine and their own, alleged brilliance when they got past yeah. the source material. And I was and
10: on cocaine gone. when I watched like the last, of last <laughs> man. It was still trash, you know what I'm saying? And I'd never seen the fucking show before. My boy was like, yo, you want to watch the last episode of Game of Thrones? I was like, dude, we're coked out. It's like four in the morning, but yeah, dude, why not? <laughs> it wasn't it was That is like Coke decision good. 101 right there, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah, wa- Watching town a where I'd
8: watch Game of Thrones.
10: What'd you say, Kenzo?
8: <laughs> That's the only circumstance where I'd watch Game of Thrones, I think.
1: Yeah.
10: Yeah, coke yeah. The
1: well,
10: wa- the <laughs> watching a town get torched by a dragon is not. It's not like. It's not. <laughs> it's not the energy that I want. You it in that moment, you know.
5: <laughs> I, I think. I think one reason that I never watched Game of Thrones really. I mean, I watched the first couple episodes, but one reason I never got into it is because I was never in a place with a bunch of coke and HBO Max at the same time. Like, those <laughs> things, you know.
7: No, I was talking about the creators of the Coke, not the viewers. To be <laughs> clear. <laughs> yes,
6: yeah. <accent like> <laughs> no, the thing is, though, is I've actually drunk with uh, uh, George R. R. Martin uh, like before the show came out. So you know, I, that's why I watched the show. Was
7: it like that one party down episode where uh, he's in a hard sci-fi and like that? He's running around like having a good old carousing time.
6: Uh, yeah, he pretty much was having a good old time. It was his own po- uh, book launch party. Uh, me and my Rod. friend wandered into it at uh, WorldCon, uh, nice. and. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting there, and um, uh, my friend's was just like, Okay, the hottest girl in the room is hitting on you, and you're fatter than me. Uh, and I'm usually the fattest guy in the room. What's up with that?
4: <laughs>
6: was Dude, he drinking it's like, Oh, I'm George, R. R. I'm the writer of uh, this, this book that just came out. My book he, was ri- he was a he was a
10: superstar as a writer for a while. And, 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 yeah. Eating like a, a like a turkey leg, like, <laughs> like a huge like turkey leg. You know what I'm saying? Like with you know, that hat, there, dude. y'all you seen that hat he wears? It? Yeah, yeah. And he's like hat. talking to the girl, and he's just like, you know,
8: do you did you ever work at medieval times? You have a wench dress. Uh, you definitely get an invite up to the hotel room. He walks. He walks, uh,
5: he walks nice. up like he walks up to the bar like this, and he's like, "Where's the wenches? I to yeah,
7: winches. yeah. <laughs> Where the white <laughs> wenches at?" i I will say this hopefully the last of the game of thrones discourse uh that it managed to be the best show on television and then later be the worst show on television and there's not many shows that can say that i mean you know hype (laughs) hype kind of adds to
5: that right like
7: no, it, it was fantastic. If somebody says Game of Thrones sucks, I question their ability to render objective judgment because yeah. Game of Thrones was legitimately fantastic television.
6: And, for and a you know, what? If, if you say it's not your thing, like I get that too. Like, sure. like you know, 100%. Yeah.
8: Not my thing. Yeah. yeah, same here.
6: You know, like, yeah, like,
7: and I'm I don't want shy, to be one of the guys, you got to
8: respect the musicianship
7: about Rush or something, but like, you know, it's. For... <laughs> <laughs> which is what... So I don't like Rush. Well, you got to respect the musicianship. Uh, do I? Okay, great. I respect the musicianship. Can we talk talk about Rush now? Thanks.
9: Speaking of uh, best and worst, imagine this movie, because we are talking about American Psycho. Oh, yeah, movie. American Psycho.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Leonardo just DiCaprio. It's like
6: how Conan was talking about Rush. And, yeah, it was, um, it,
5: was, it, was, it was Oliver Stone directing it and Leonardo DiCaprio starring in it.
6: Man. Right? That imagine that
9: movie. movie. That is a
5: way different movie way more montage yeah, they
9: thought it would ruin leo's career and i'm like
5: <laughs> no the young girls will probably do that in the end but um
4: <laughs>
5: <laughs> um so i have a, I have a christian bale clip uh where he's talking about um you know patrick bateman and uh like the the process of coming uh the film i guess coming together and um where's the only got the sound guy oh yeah didn't he do that on uh oh, terminator that yeah, yeah oh, just, mm-hmm.
7: the whole you're not professional thing yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i recognize the reference andy you're no right. I, re- I remember that video i just couldn't one remember person what the it. Yeah. all
5: right so this is and and within this he he mentioned um this as a critique of capitalism which is interesting because i i feel like uh we've kind of reached a point where like there was a little bit of an opening here for people to criticize capitalism um you know on 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 like on screen rather than kind of uh hinting around it
0: so He's not somebody that could really exist, you know, Bateman could never be a real person and I didn't approach it from a point of realism, you know, I didn't go into motivation at all um, because this is a man who has no, nothing instinctive inside of him. Um, everything is a, is a cerebral choice that he makes. He could just as easily, you know, compliment somebody and shake their hand or pick up an axe and take their head off because he has no conscience, so therefore he has no limits on what, you know, he can do. Um, But he's very, very intelligent, you know, Um, and uh, it's sort of his knowledge and and certainty about the environment that he lives in and the complete shallowness of it that, uh, that drives him crazy. You know, knowing that any search for meaning whatsoever within his life is utterly pointless. Physically, you know, it was essential. It wasn't just the vanity of an actor that Bateman have a six pack and all of that. You know, he he talks about it. He's incredibly narcissistic Um, and, uh, you know, the aesthetic is always important with every character, but more so with Bateman, you know, with him, the clothes really do make the man and much as the same way as I would arrive on the set put on the suits, have my hair done and everything, makeup, and then be able to play Bateman. He does exactly the same thing in his mornings with his routine. he puts on his mask in order to be able to perform, you know, for the rest of the day. Um, so, you know, I had to work out like crazy for that. And then the the, the psychology of him, you know, was um, was interesting because it was turning on its head all of the basic uh, rules of acting, you know, that you'd be firstly, um, be completely unselfconscious. You know, Bateman's is completely self-conscious. He's absolutely aware at every moment of, of the impression that he's giving, um, of, uh, of appearing realistic. It didn't matter. You know, Bateman is a performance. So normally you have to disguise a performance with this. It didn't matter that I reveal a performance, you know, it was essential for it. It was sort of, you know, an acting teacher's nightmare. Well, I think that, you know, Mary, um, uh looked at the book and saw all of the intelligence and the satire and the wit of the piece and uh the the uh, on the one hand the the great black comedy that's there i mean it is undeniably funny even though you feel guilty at times for laughing um blended with the the horror and uh, the bleakness and the disturbing comment on men and violence and on uh, on capitalism and um that's what she took from the book um it could have very easily become uh, a slasher flick. And there are obviously elements of a slasher flick um, within this, but it's more within Bateman's head. Um, Many of the scenes I played as though it's Bateman's fantasies of being the lead in his own movie, whether that be his own porno movie or his own action movie or his own horror movie, you know, like with the chainsaw um, scene. But uh, I think that, you know, to have, to have reduced it to a gore fest would have been to denial of the intelligence that, you know, it deserves. Damn right. Yeah. I do want, I do want to say though, at the
10: beginning when he said, um, you know, he didn't play Bateman as somebody who could exist. And I know he's talking about within the context of him playing the role, but uh, like, I mean, we know since like Epstein and I mean, even like before this, but especially since Epstein in recent memory that like, No, these people definitely like literally do exist. Like, you know, when they're like the psycho right wing conspiracy theorists believe like, you know, the Democratic Party, like they eat babies and shit. I mean, like, (laughs) they're not like too far off. You know what I mean? They're like they're like pretty close.
8: Jeffrey Dahmer was not like a yuppie, but he was a white man who preyed upon vulnerable people of color, men of color, gay men of color. Mm -hmm. And there was a. Couple instances, one in particular, where he was with a very—I mean—he abducted and was assaulting a very young Asian boy, mm-hmm. and I think he was like twelve. And the police—and actually, it was a group of young black women who flagged the police down, and the police immediately started giving them shit, even though they're like, "No, this man is hurting this boy." He was Come naked,
9: help. wandering around yeah. the street naked.
8: Mm-hmm. Well, and and a similar end, a
1: similar thing happened with the, with the it, Democratic Party.
5: The Democratic right. Party and like Ed Buck, right? I think this guy, the guy's name, that guy that was a, a like huge mega donor for the Democratic Party and was also like assaulting and and um, I think it was usually like young black boys. Like he was and, assaulting and there's like three or four part, dead yeah. ones too. Yeah. So I mean, like,
7: it, it
8: my isn't, name's well, Buck and Gacy I like
7: to party.
8: <laughs> John Wayne Gacy was a Democratic Party committee man in Chicago. Yeah.
7: yeah. Or just
8: outside of Chicago, but like he well, had clout within the party.
7: i was said they're a bunch of clowns am i
9: right hey (laughs) and that's that's what like people are like when i think of serial killers i think like or psychopaths i think of like you know just crazy crazy i'm like no they're they're charming manipulative uh you people that you would not suspect i'm like come on guys they're politicians
10: they're they're low you're congressmen you know what i'm saying like like the, the the thing about like we were just talking about like um you know preying on like you know um like you know the these populations that have been like you know um, um delegitimized or like second third class citizens and like in the book and in the film especially like you know he preys on women he preys on the homeless like a homeless black guy you know and it's kind of like sexuality. like and i know like it's been talked about before before a lot but like sort of like the way that capitalism and this guys like a wall street dude the way it literally like eats people you know like it mm-hmm. consumes bodies, you know what I mean? And the targets that he picks. Also, I thought I thought it was interesting too. I, I was looking up, um, you know, uh, uh, Christian Bale before. I didn't know that Gloria Steinem is a stepmother. And this movie is considered like, well, like um, the director considers it like a feminist film. So I yeah, thought that fair. that was sort of kind of interesting, you know, because I mean, it definitely is like, I mean, it's not like. Uh, the glorification of the sexual violence for glorification's sake you know it obviously is yeah and they, and think, and they cut out yeah. a
5: lot of the violence too to kind of make yeah. it you know kind of cleanse and to actually accentuate yeah. the point where it's a satire of the systems that we live under and not just kind of you know um, like violence porn and yeah. and I think Mary Hearn's an interesting person because you know uh, talking about like Oh, what if Oliver Stone had made this? or what if, you know, uh, like a male director had made this? I don't think it would hit the hit the same way, right? Like she kind of has a, a much more interesting take on the entire thing, understands the satire of it, is clearly um a radical feminist of some like of some kind. I don't know a lot about mm. her backstory, but I watched some clips of her talking about it. And, you know, has a critique through this movie that it's not just um, Like, I mean, it's kind of ironic that Patrick Bateman in some cases has been seen as like some kind of alpha symbol for like, you know, the fucking red pill people like that are like, oh, yeah, yeah, like this is this is kind of, you know, in some ways, this this like brand obsessed empty shell of a human being that that like kind of probably was born this way because like they they make the point and it's interesting that he never I don't know if they do this in the books, they didn't read it, but his father owns the company or has some high role in the company, right? Like, He's, he's a nepotism case like he's not yeah. working for this company because something in him was driving him towards this he's working in this because and that's why everyone kind of shits on him behind his back all the time because he's just some like dorky guy whose dad works there and he's like obsessed with fitting in for that mm-hmm. reason too so Would it's you, kind of yeah No,
10: i was gonna I, uh, say sorry go
9: ahead oh i remember sharing a meme where it's like you made the mistake of idolizing them or whatever and course, bateman's one of the yeah. examples and I remember it going viral, and I'm like, "Damn, so many people agree." But also, too, it's like you know, a lot of yeah, these. I think
5: Patrick Bateman got Kenzo.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
6: kind of looks like it, yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> it looks like it. Yeah. It was uh, actually uh, Will
6: Smith, but then Patrick Bateman. <laughs> <sitting there> <laughs> like, oh, <my>
5: <laughs> Inside you, there are two wolves. One's Patrick <laughs> Bateman. Once, once will, Smith. will Smith's actually
7: <laughs> acting in that remake of American Psycho? Oliver Stone's directing. Yeah.
5: <laughs>
9: we will not talk about American Psycho 2 the one starring Mila Kunis, because that movie did not happen.
7: No such movie exists. Yeah,
5: exactly. I only just—I I knew there was an American Psycho 2 I just didn't know it starred Mila Kunis. There is really no American Psycho. It. Yeah, too. there's not. No. Uh, yeah. Can we just say that
7: Oscar-wise, not nominated for Best Picture, not nominated for Best Director, not nominated, not nominated for Best Actor. Uh, but you if know they what... directed
6: it, it would have been nominated.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
7: <laughs> you know what movie did win? American Beauty.
2: Oh, uh, Psycho the... versus Beauty. Yeah, and... Psycho versus
10: Beauty. The two Americas. There are two. Oh, and, the, and you
7: oh, yeah. know the best, the best actor for that movie? Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Kevin Spacey.
10: And- oh, that, that says a lot. That says a lot, actually.
5: Yeah. He kind of he kind of is an American Psycho type, I think. Right? Like yeah, Kevin
4: he, is,
10: Spacey, yeah. he, play, yeah. he
9: plays he plays his character from House of Cards all the time, and it's like, dude, please stop. Oh, yeah. oh yeah,
6: because yeah, he's that. trying to make yeah. a comeback. And, and, and yeah. is he still and doing those just, videos? Just saying, oh, those
10: yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Is he still <laughs> doing those Christmas videos, man? That he's shit. Like, I haven't I haven't though, seen
5: bro. one in a couple years, but that shit was literally chilling. Like to have him be like, ha. Yeah. I've been persecuted beyond my wildest imagination and I I'm I'm about to return to my once a good position of power and i'm like yeah dude, he's like but playing but. the character
10: it's like yo bro there are some serious allegations against you dude it's no longer like a fucking <laughs> yeah. U- show bro yeah, just, like, this isn't
6: a goof buddy yeah, <laughs> yeah and he's dude. like he's like, i'm sorry i haven't spoke to y'all in a while
4: <laughs> like, yeah,
5: yeah we told you not to anymore
10: <laughs> yeah we don't want to see you anymore yeah. you should even probably even be up, in like, jail pre- dude like what the fuck?
9: <laughs> jared leto
5: is in this movie
10: clearly <laughs> yo so i wanted to say that so batman dude, kills joker with an axe yo,
5: let let aaron Aaron speak we've we've railroaded aaron
10: no no i i forgot about my original we're getting used to the show man (laughs) i mean it's also like six people on i'm like i'm like used to this too but like uh i did this is one of those movies where first jared leto was in it which surprised me because i didn't know who he was at the time when i saw it and haven't seen it in years so watching again also i mean i knew christian bale was in it but this is one of those movies where it's featured Christian Bale before I knew he was Christian Bale. So this is before Batman or anything. So it's like, it's kind of like Reign of Fire. I don't know if y'all know that movie, that dragon oh, movie. Yeah. I Like I saw that the other day because somebody oh, right. was talking about go. it on Twitter and I was like, yo, this motherfucker was in the movie with Matthew McConaughey, dude? Like what the fuck? But anyway. It's a, it's a fun movie. It's, like, it's a it's, fun ass it's, movie. It's, what, it's you movie. what you want. I mean, it's what you want with a movie about like dragons. You know what I mean? Like what else do you <laughs> want besides that? But um,
5: yeah, I just um, wanted to
10: say like, Go go ahead, Forrest. No, I, I would I would, I was just
5: settling in. I wasn't saying anything.
10: No, I just bought Ramble. I just want to say, like, Christian Bale, like we just heard him talk about playing Bateman, but he was like perfect, man. Like, I mean, if if this was the Bruce Wayne that he played, like in the Batman movies, like I would have been like, I probably would have liked him in that role better. Like, just like really cool, calm, collected, but a complete like psychopath, man. And it's a it's hard <laughs> to do that without like seemingly glorifying like the violence that he's partaking in yeah. you know mm-hmm. but there's sort of like this like this sort of like this I don't know how to this torturous sort of disgust that he has with himself and the shit that he does because I think as he talks about this guy has no passion and no will and no want he's just kind of acting out like as a reaction to things you know what I mean and it's kind of yeah. like hard to portray that without like you know as the character seeming to enjoy this shit as like you know this horrendous shit he's doing you know so well, I, he,
5: I, I mean. I mean, his vapidity, his I guess, or his, uh, his shallowness kind of does manifest, though. He says, oh, well, all I really feel is greed and disgust. But he reacts, like, viscerally to, you know... Being one upped with the with the cards, which is probably like the best scene in the movie, right? With the mm-hmm. business cards and everything, and he Yeah, the dick literally. measuring contest, which is the, yeah. it's a
10: dick measuring contest, basically, is what it is. Basically. Yeah, and
6: every any scene where they mention fonts, I am there for. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I, I like, wonder, but uh, every yes. time, every time he's one upped in his, um, you know, his obsession with taste and the fact that he doesn't actually have any taste himself, you know, because he doesn't feel anything himself, but he kind of um, projects as a mask, like. Everything that he thinks that other people are are doing, right? He wants to be the best in that realm that he isn't actually connected to. He does have like incredibly visceral reactions to all of that, right? Like the first death you see on screen is after um he realizes that like Paul Allen's business card is much better than his, and he's kind of been uh destroyed by every other person within like within that room. And the only way that he can kind of feel that power anymore, because he really is just like a fail son, uh you know, like he's a fail son, vice president of a company that his dad owns or works in the, the high ranks of like his, his only passion is um, kind of fitting into the point or like conforming to the point where people are like, oh, this is a normal human being. And he's kind of cooler than us. And, you know, he, he reacts to that in a way that's like incredibly passionate, like, I, I don't know, throughout the entire movie.
6: Yeah, and before we get too far away from it, I just want to say it always messes with my head whenever I hear Christian Bale talk in his real voice because yeah. he sounds yeah, me just too. like you <laughs> from James Bond, you know, because he's got that Welsh accent.
4: Yeah,
9: yeah, I'm like, I keep forgetting that that he's like not American. I'm like, oh God.
6: Yeah. You <laughs> no, he, know. he's
9: actually American. He's an American Wait. citizen. Well, I know yeah. what I'm saying.
6: Like, with like but, but he's radar. from he's from Wales. Yeah,
10: his, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he. I heard. Um, what I remember when he was doing interviews, I think for uh, I think it was Batman Begins or maybe The Dark Knight. I'm pretty sure most interviews he was speaking in an American accent. And um, somebody asked him about that, and um, he didn't. I'm surprised he didn't do it in this interview, but he said I have that one. I have one where he does. And I'll, he I'll said because it. he wants he doesn't want like American audiences who just happen to stumble upon the interview to kind of like disassociate like his voice as like you know as an american you know like a well street playing an american versus like how he actually sounds you know so he tries to keep in uh, some consistency in that extended uh, christian bale universe i guess you know Ooh, <laughs> I, I that
9: that was also a jared leto movie wasn't it
7: it, it was and uh yes, the, the was jared that, so, leto yeah. movie where i liked him a lot in it yeah uh, yeah. Basically Dancer in the dark same year. So it was a movie, it was a year for Bummer movies that were awesome. Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Jared in Leto and in, uh and you know,
5: Requiem for a Dream, you know, going full method and just becoming a heroin addict for a year. Yeah. Yeah.
6: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, you know, he's been sucking blood on the set of Morbius uh, you know, since you know March's Morbius month.
7: <laughs> hey, hey it makes sense. He's been sucking in films for years. Hey. I-
4: I didn't,
9: now, now that I think about it, having both Christian Bale and Jared Leto in a movie together is just intense considering what these two men do for their roles.
10: Yeah, yeah. That's like, that's a lot of, uh, that's a lot of, uh, like uh, just insane actor energy. You know what I'm saying? Where it's like that, that fine line between balancing like just like being completely batshit and also being very, very, very talented. And Jared Leto is just, I've said it before, man, like, he's too, he's not like, he's not talented enough to be that fucking weird, you know? Like, yeah, you get or, a certain you know, level of, like, weirdness where you get to be that weird because you were a talented motherfucker. J.R. Leto's not, man. You know, he's just... well, it's kind of, it's a
5: gimmick, right? Like, he's undeserved. kind of boring, he's a boring dude in all of his movies, really, that I've seen. Like, there's but never a kidding. movie that I'm like... <laughs> Well, no, there's never a movie where I'm like hey, Jared Leto really stood out, and this. the only thing that really no. stands out that he's realized is him going full method and doing things like sending dead rats and dead pigeons to everybody on the set of Suicide Squad. Like, that's the kind of the only <laughs> yeah, type, that's the time he makes uh, which one of the people that he sent like a dead rat to or a dead pigeon to or something was Will Smith. So, I can yeah. expect that the next uh, next time <laughs> they're in a
4: room <laughs> it should have <laughs> been this should have been, been left not, left people. Left. Oh,
7: <laughs> It's Ed, all connected. Put it together.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
9: oh, I literally have someone who posted a staz about like how will Smith, how was his distraction from the child sex trafficking and Will Smith's gonna get arrested tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. Oh uh,
10: well, so, what well, was it yeah. wasn't a oh no never mind. I'm thinking of a uh, I'm thinking of Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker's name was in Epstein's little black book. I was yeah, which of, was, I was fucking was, weird, right? Yeah, like, no, <laughs> yeah. People thought Chris it was Tucker's another Chris Tucker, like, and it was like, <laughs> no, it's actually like Rush Hour chris tucker is friday chris tucker is in the
5: epstein black book bro. first That's time not- the first time <laughs> he saw uh epstein engaging in pedophilia he said
10: damn <laughs> damn yeah like you gotta do it like actually oh well, you to know he me.
8: wasn't gonna get on the plane but then you know <laughs> someone said you know it's friday you ain't got a job <laughs> and you ain't got shit to
10: do, and we ain't stuck in rush hour. We're flying, yeah. You got, you got to know all the movie titles. I yeah. thought I
5: saw Jackie Chan getting on that plane, and I just I followed him in there. I didn't expect. Got it.
6: some dead presidents. <laughs> we got some dead
10: presidents. <laughs> we all got well, no dead well, presidents. Yeah, We're literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah so Bill was it, like, but... no, "No, we don't." Does nah. <laughs>
4: Black <laughs> <laughs>
9: President, president. Bateman be on that little black book too? Well,
5: it, you see, the thing the thing else? is though that.
9: You know,
4: Batman Beyond. Bayman. Who did? You, who did you say? What was it? Christina? No. They, Terry Gillis. Like, <laughs> was Batman? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm talking
9: don't about Gillis. No, the, no. Uh, uh Christian Bale. <laughs> so American Psycho. Would he be in Epstein's little list? Oh, See, the thing is sure. that he wouldn't be.
5: I, I think that he wouldn't be I on Epstein's be, black know. book. Know. Um, for for the reason that I don't think he'd want his name associated with it because he projects the image of like social consciousness, right? Like he's his entire thing is that like you know he wants people to think that he's this empathetic, uh, like very like democratic voter liberal guy. That's Until like he touches yeah, suit.
10: but but you're thinking of at the time like you're retconning it where you have to think about not only at the time in which the the film is portrayed, which is like the 80s, so the hedonism of the 80s, but even think about at the time when people were in that little black book like you had motherfuckers like bill clinton and shit like that you True. know so now yeah. of course nobody you might, you would be like yeah I'll, time, except right. dershowitz maybe you know yeah. nobody's gonna <laughs> be like yeah i was in epstein's little mean, black book you know
6: dershowitz so, like, like dershowitz had like really good propaganda before before you know the whole epstein book and, and connect himself with trump and all that stuff because like like uh there was a movie that came out in like 1990 where, where like dershowitz was like um really upset that though those black kids that you never see in the movie. Yeah, reversal
8: of fortune um, <laughs> uh,
6: are gonna go to the de- you know go to the death sentence and he can't get the sentence overturned. but he's using this money from this this rich guy who supposedly drugged his wife um maybe and uh it's it's a weird movie, but like uh it, it's it's all about Alan Dershowitz.
4: Oh my God.
5: um well did you guys see that uh during the ketanji brown jackson hearings um the other day when they were questioning her about child pornography wait forrest uh, i have to did. i
10: have to interject and say that i have not i've been in like a star trek like weed hole so i have no idea what the fuck is even going i didn't even know that they were hearing i really there. i haven't you're educating haven't me, me right to, now i haven't oh, tried to watch
9: you. i covered them on stream <laughs> and it was a nightmare
5: <laughs> I, I haven't tried to watch them at all. I listened for five seconds and then it was like Ted Cruz questioning her and giving out the, the books where he was talking it about like, oh, baby. these are CRT oh. books. or something. That's the only part I really saw. But like there was one thing that kind of uh, I, I saw on Twitter that was like when they were they were talking to her about um, sentences that she gave out to child pornographers. Uh, like or people that were accused of like you know trafficking in child pornography, and the first person they cut to to like react to that day's events was Alan Dershowitz. Like,
10: <laughs> I love, I don't love it, but like I don't love it because it's depraved. But it's like yo, all these motherfuckers are in on it, yo. Everybody in the media, everybody in the political establishment, everybody in the corporate elite, and it's like it's like these little in jokes, like for example, where BBC had him come on. To speak about um i think that like uh i think what there were allegations against like the prince charles or some shit like that i forget what it was oh but, prince, like, andrew. They brought prince in, andrew andrew and they brought on dershowitz of all people <laughs> to talk about this and it's like yo it always motherfuckers know like y'all are like like behind the corner like winking like oh this is a good joke right this is a good they, joke on they White had, the had North him North.
5: uh at the end of the Galen maxwell trials they had him pop on screen and uh he was like he was like listen i I think that you know the allegations against her the court decided the correct way except Mm -hmm. that one bitch and he mentions like the the virginia gulf or whatever the one that like that accuses him of doing something and he used Mm. it for like one minute of like yeah well i think they decided the right way and then five minutes of like except that one bitch they didn't have her on the stand (laughs) because she accused me of doing something and i just want you to know he was giving a defense of himself and I yeah like
10: Like a man that's totally innocent (laughs) not at all guilty yo like (laughs)
7: it's like he turns to the camera here record scratch i bet you're wondering how i got
4: here (laughs) meanwhile
9: certain characters like batman would be like oh i'm not gonna speak without my lawyer
5: thanks for bringing us back
10: to the uh american
9: segue queen
10: wait i wanted to ask you a question i have a hey no wait yeah yeah i wanted to ask i want to and it's about the film too so uh because i always think about like the time like the historical context these movies came out in but i also know that so this movie takes place in the 80s right um and we all know kind of like the backdrop of like you know kind of unfettered capitalism and all this shit right but like you know uh i was it came out before 9-11 you know and um i was wondering and i feel like the film is always like relevant you know um especially like it's commentary on capitalism and shit but do you guys think that the film would have been any different had it come out after 9-11, do you think it would have been more poignant after 9-11? Do you think that um, like a lot of movies that came out post 9-11, you could kind of like there was kind of like this, this almost like aura about these films. Like it's almost like they were touched. You could tell that they were created in the context of this like incredibly like tragic, historic event that people were still kind of working out. What do you guys yeah, think? Well, do you think I, it would have I, I, I think
7: you don't get Fight Club. I think you don't get hmm. American Psycho. I think there's a whole list of movies that there's no way you can make it. Because I remember, I remember after 9 11, it was like you were basically banned from being on like radio or TV if you weren't 100% for war. Like yeah. it was crazy. Like it wasn't yeah. even like, oh, well, I kind of think maybe it's not banned for forever out to the cornfield. So it like is. the idea of doing something that's about a nihilistic murderer. Yeah, it would have been out of vote
10: called American Psycho. Yeah, 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 called
7: American Psycho. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, (laughs) literally about (laughs) domestic terrorism against the credit card companies and like capitalistic exploits, like as pure nihilistic tendency. No way, forget it, it's not gonna happen.
5: And I I think that I think that you kind of enter into this period of almost a crisis of American capitalism, a crisis of kind of uh, what our position in the world was. And maybe that's how much uh, Matt Christman I listened to for the like I I listened to a bunch of the Hinge Point episodes that he did with Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel Bessner recently. But Mm -hmm. you kind of entered into this um, like this this small window where between, uh, you know, the fall of the Soviet Union, I think, and in in like 91 and 2001 when 9-11 happened there's this very small window that opens up where it's kind of very clear that reaganism and neoliberalism like kind of as a concept have completely failed and Mm -hmm. you you start to see the more debilitating effects of it and you start to see you know Mm -hmm. american jobs uh being fully globalized you start to see kind of people living in poverty while the entire um while the entire uh you know apparatus kind of lets People that are living in, in you know, that are poorer, like fall to the wayside. And I feel like there's a very small window that opens up where you can criticize capitalism. You can crit- criticize the American system. And I, I don't want to, like, you know, bring it into any kind of 9-11 conspiracy theory. But 9-11 ends that. 9-11 ends yeah. that window being open because all of a sudden, you know, once again, like America has a place in the world. We're fighting terrorism. We've seen the worst attack ever on American soil. Although you know now they say January sixth was uh, the worst.
10: <laughs> yeah, January sixth, 9 eleven. No, yeah.
5: <laughs> but like we both well, this... together have an enemy that we're that we're fighting. We have a uh you know a group that we're that's now a global group, right? Like it's no longer communism. It's uh jihadist like Muslim uh, terrorists that are going all around the world. Um, you know. Like blowing people up, like all of a sudden we have a purpose again, and you can no longer criticize the system because the system is the only thing between you and oblivion. Yeah.
8: Well, this film and Fight Club came out in you know in a world where there was a viable anti-globalization movement, where like main even mainstream nonprofits and labor unions were starting to coalesce within it. And you know, WTO protests. You, is a, is a so yeah, you like throw in, you could throw yeah. in the
10: Matrix too, as well. Add in added. In oh yeah, that. absolutely Yeah, that too. Yeah.
8: And like at that point, you could market films off that kind of uh, motif, like the whole mm-hmm. you know anti-capitalism. Like Adbusters was sold at mm-hmm. Barnes and Noble, I remember at the time. Like mm-hmm. there was anti-capitalist kind of sheet going on, and like a real movement too behind it. And then yeah, nine eleven killed that because we we had to buy more shit. That's what the president said, and it became a bipartisan we decree. Need to buy more shit exactly that, yeah That's that was exactly literally exactly no, that what he was literally said.
5: it
7: was the only ask made of the american people during that time of crisis and i wish i was kidding was go out and shop and yeah, like, which I, is... I mean i thought i had reached peak anger at that point i'm like i could not possibly get any angrier i'm like Whoop, they did it. well they <laughs>
10: didn't well that seems to be like i mean and kind of back to the film too right well like if i can if i can make this kind of connection like you know it seems like the response that the American government, the state has during any disaster or crisis is for people to buy more shit. We're seeing it right now with the pandemic. Right. Mm -hmm. And this, this movie, like I noticed that there's one, there's a scene where after the murder, where he drops the chainsaw down the stairwell and kills that young woman. Right. The next scene, he's uh he's at like dinner or whatever at this fancy restaurant. And he's drawing like the murder in his like notebook, like sketching it with crayons. And the scene cuts to like, kind of pans over to this, like, you know, dessert. Like, you could tell it's a really expensive, like, chocolate, and it's like, whatever the fuck it is, right? And it's kind of like, you know, all he can do besides kill people is indulge and consume, right? Yet, yeah, he can't even really consume because, like, him sketching in his notebook and then that shot to that uneaten dessert, right? Like, the kind mm-hmm. of dichotomy, you know, of being unsatisfied, unsatiated, unfulfilled, right? It's like, you know, it's like, and I'm speaking as, like, everybody, if anyone knows follows me on twitter i'm a sneakerhead, right i love sneakers man i got like 30 40 pairs of shoes right but it's like the more and more shit that i buy right i'm just fucking sitting like covered surrounded by like empty shoe boxes you know and it doesn't matter whether it's sneakers or whatever the fuck you're into it's kind of like the 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 kind of commentary about consumption you know that i think that like um I mean, I don't think it gets lost on people. But besides, like, you know, the corporate analogy, you know, I think this movie really is about consumption. That's kind of all that we do, you know? Yeah. No, no. you know what It's a
7: brilliant was satire said. is what it is yeah. of that yeah, exact exactly thing. Exactly. But also, like, it's fulfillment that he wants and, can- and tries to uh, seek but cannot find yeah. as well. But yeah.
5: Patrick Bateman going, uh, yes, excellent. Okay, let's see the kicks. <laughs> word word let's see let's walk
10: in he is like a like, man. man i don't even what are some dress shoes kohans i don't fucking know man. <laughs> classic dress shoes i have no idea and, okay. and i
5: think that that i think the answer to that consumption model right the answer to kind of the emptiness and the vapidity of like in this kind of um far removed i guess now from 9-11 like far removed from this kind of um uh rabid, nationalistic, um, incredibly like Islamophobic fervor kind of now that we're back to some kind of crisis of a uh, uh, crisis of purpose now that we're back to this is this kind of startup culture and I feel like um mm. like this this idea of like someone as an innovator who we kind of view them as uh individualistic innovators like Elon Musk or somebody like that um, and I feel like I connect way too many movies lately to Elon Musk but there's like yeah. a but like there's this also idea a man
8: that, that's just an idea that yeah. doesn't really exist really.
5: And, and there's this kind of obsession with like, He's oh, we're kind God. of... Did we're you see kind
4: that?
6: Of... <laughs> the like, like image of God, that's Elon Musk. <laughs> you know? Jesus instead
5: of Instead of, but like, but Elon Musk kind of helped, uh, you know, helped, uh, not found, obviously, but like kind of helped, um, uh, I guess, consolidate PayPal. And, you know, the vapidity within this movie um, almost constantly is this kind of shallowness, this vapidity that comes from people kind of just being Wall Street insiders or like you know hedge fund people or like uh, like investor kind of people right like they don't have a purpose there's no creativity to their model it's completely kind of intangible because they're kind of just trading money around but like now money is completely intangible too like money is more intangible now than it's ever been before and something like paypal now you're not looking at like you know someone like patrick bateman or even someone like um uh, you know like like everybody in fucking Wolf of Wall Street or something right like kind of holding the money in their hands but yeah now Bateman would
10: have like, been a you know? Bateman would have been a, a crypto bro for sure he would have been like <laughs> a boy like dude man
5: And it would and it would have completely like uh, pulled him away from even the tangibility of money as something that he's looking at. Right. The tangibility of status. It's now just an image on a computer screen, a number on a computer screen, which not saying that it wasn't before with uh, the 80s and like kind of Wall Street Bros. But even like the idea of money is no longer tangible. It's completely intangible. Like it's fully removed even a human element from it. It's just, kind of on a screen.
10: You know, you just made me think about, man, because I'm kind of stoned and I'm just making a bunch of connections. You know, it feels like it feels like, you know, because technology sort of like uh, makes things like it, it, it invisibilizes things. Right. So all of these processes, you know, that are going on, whether it's like economic trade, international trade, you don't see it anymore. You know, same thing with war. You know, I think that like. If you tried to make a movie like this today, you know, with like this, you know, the where financialization and the, you know, digitization of this financial system is like, I mean, now it's like, it's set in stone, you know? It's no longer the beginnings of it, you know? I feel like the overt violence in this film and the overt violence of the 80s, like the kind of like unforgiving nature of like corporate capitalism in the 80s, I feel like the violence goes hand in hand, you know? I don't know if like, you can kind of make a film now that it doesn't take place in the 80s, but has to do with like crypto bros or like, you know, whatever goons, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, fucked us over in 2008 and still make it as violent without violence sake. Does this make mm. sense what I'm trying to say? You know, because I feel like that sort of violence that you don't see anymore or you didn't really see in the stock market, but especially now is sort of invisible with everything. It's kind of like, how do you portray that right in a film about a psychopath? You know, I don't know if you really, I don't know if I'm making any sense or I'm rambling, but like, the violence in this film is, I know, a thing where people had a lot of a, there was a lot of controversy about. But I don't even know if you could do it anymore with the same effect, you know?
8: Well, I I think like the business that these guys are all in contributes to so much violence in society that even if it might not all be as graphic and brutal as like the things patrick bateman did it's just an order of magnitude bigger you know all the violence endemic in poverty and in you know the police state and you know all the things that keep these men rich um you know that that's that's I mean I know that Brett Easton Ellis is definitely a capitalist, but like my enjoyment of the film is having like an anti-capitalist view on it, yeah. and I just kind of I see them as like you know how their names are interchangeable, like you know it doesn't even matter who these motherfuckers are. People confuse people
10: confuse Bateman's character with Leto's character in the film a couple of times, you know. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, it's you not can't just tell for those apart. two. I was-
7: I, I've been looking for an opportunity to bring that up for uh, pro- about an hour now, but like, yeah, like the, uh, <laughs> uh, like right. it, it's one of the most important things to understanding this film. I think is the fact that they're generally interchangeable as, mm-hmm. as, as dudes and they are, let's be clear, all dudes and very much like a certain type of bro dude. And mm-hmm. the fact that they are presented all as sort of like, you know, the names necessarily don't matter. Everyone's kind of like trying to do the same, same things and doing the same stuff. And like, they're all trying to like, you know, measure it, whatever the it happens to be at any given moment in time. Nobody really knows or cares what anyone else does. It's all just about the acquisition of power and wealth for its own sake. Yeah, that's absolutely one of the reasons that makes it a biting social satire. And it's also one of the reasons why I don't want to get too into it, because like there's a couple ways you can interpret to the ending, because I want to hear from Christina a little bit here. But like, I think it's it's that's a key to understanding uh, this film is
5: the fact that mm. like people call each other the wrong name all the time, because it just doesn't matter.
7: Yeah. yeah.
5: It just well, doesn't before, matter. Before before Christina uh, answers that, I want to read the American Psycho NFTs uh, bridge the gap of traditional and digital wealth. And this is a, an NFT company, Evolution USA. And they've, uh, this is last year, I guess, they created an American Psycho NFT that literally has uh, Bitcoin as a, or it says, I guess, BitCane as a, <laughs> as some kind of uh, actual NFT that they're licensing out, you know, like, so I, I kind of this is one of many cursed articles that I've that I've come across within the, doing research for this that really kind of made me physically nauseous. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. That's, that's that's a
7: drag, dude. That is a fucking drag, is what that is. <laughs> I also
5: saw um, Financial Times wrote uh, a, an article on uh, the fashion of Pat- of Patrick Bateman, and they kind of they did they didn't mention that it was like a, a satire. They kind of just broke down like, oh, this is why his fashion in this movie was, uh, you know. Went along with the, the you know the time of the movie and how it really stacks up and I'm like Jesus fucking Christ, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, Christina, um, Conan, do you want to repeat the the, the question that you had for Christina? I,
7: at this point, I already forgot what it was. But uh, Christina, I real wrote you like 20 minutes ago, so I was gonna let you have a free shot there. <laughs>
9: oh. so, uh, like like with 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 like Jared and Christian, and their characters, of course, almost being interchangeable and being confused. It's like you know, it's almost as if you know, guys like that—they want to present themselves in a certain way and look a certain way and be a certain way. Mm-hmm. What I'm curious about is, since this film takes place in the '80s, how, like, how much when it comes to, like mental illness? Because clearly, this guy is a psychopath—charming, manipulative, seductive uh, on the you know on the outside, but on the inside, he's just horrible. I'm trying to think how far things came along when it came to uh, those terms up until, mm. like,
10: the 80s. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like, if he so would have been recognized. And... Or not. Yeah, if he would have been recognized and diagnosed as such, or if that was just, like, you know, like, nobody really, like, not was comfortable with those terms. But, I mean, also, too, I'm sure that kind of profession attracts those kinds of people, too. So it's just kind of seen as, like, oh, normal, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's it's yeah. nothing wrong with him. If anything, he's, like, passionate, you know?
9: Yeah, we're all a little bit
10: narcissistic. They, yeah. um, they kind of make that, that
5: point in the end, right? He goes up to his lawyer and he thinks that the whole thing's a joke. And he's like, well, you know, Bateman's such a dork that like I, you know, it couldn't have been him that did this. Like he's kind of just this loser that whose dad is working for the company. I mean, he doesn't say that. But then he's like, I would have thought it was like any number of his friends. And He lists off the interchangeable friends that he had within this movie. And it's like, you know, I would have thought it's them. He's not a killer that way. He's kind of just somebody that, you know, was allowed into the company as some kind of uh, um, like, you know, just as a as a nepotism case,
10: pretty much. Yeah. Well, that that makes it more poignant, though, that like whether or not like the murders actually took place, you know, because like the book, it's like you don't really know whether or not he's committing these acts or whether or not it's just like a fantasy power trip. You know what I mean? So it's like it, and. Actually, that's pretty interesting, too, because it kind of speaks to the fact that even though, like, these people, these men are in incredibly powerful positions, they're also incredibly weak and impotent, you know? And, like, the most that they can really do is, like, have fantasies about, like, actually true power and what they'd be able to do with it, you know? Yeah, but, I mean, it goes back to that idea of these uh, kind of status symbols being
5: intangible. Like, Mm. the only thing that really matters is do you have the, the tangibility of his actions or just do you have the best card? Do you have yeah. you know? Is your apartment nice? He kind of constantly fixates on the fact that Paul Allen has a nicer apartment than him. Um, you know these things that you kind of acquire these materialistic possessions,
7: which is brought like, up a couple times. Like as kind of one like up the chance mm-hmm. uh, uh, like which is hilarious because it also sort of his his own like self um, his own ability to be like kind of shamed by that somehow like not class shamed but like you know keeping up with the Joneses shamed like. The, the uh, sex Keeping worker that he brings hour. up,
4: mm-hmm.
5: you know,
7: the sex worker that he brings up like, oh, this I like this. This apartment's nicer than your other one. And yeah. and like it kind of and he, and he's like, oh, you know, like, oh, he's like, it's, like totally, yeah, he's, he's like, oh, and it's so great because like that actually hurts him. And yeah. like, it's interesting because on on rewatch, I've seen this movie a bunch, but like I'm like, oh, she knew that would hurt him. Like, Mm -hmm. like before I was sort of like, I, you know, first time you see this, you're just along for the ride. Right. But this time I was like, Oh, she's looking to get him, how she can get him. And she got him.
5: And that's awesome. Which is kind of an inroad that, you know, someone who's a sex worker, I guess that goes into uh, these different class dynamics kind of can do that other people can't right? Like they can see these insecurities with him, you know, sitting in the back of a car being like, well, this is my friend. And, and then a really poignant moment is when he has the two sex workers in his apartment. Uh, his first apartment, and he's like, um, "Don't you guys want to know what I do?" And they're like, "No, we don't care what you do. <laughs> we don't, not, yeah, uh, I'm, don't give uh, a shit. Don't make yeah. shit
9: personal. Yeah, we, we don't, that... don't
7: care about that. We would rather not hear about it. But, but that's we, all we, we you, you clearly want him, right? to. So mm-hmm. go ahead and rattle on, and we'll just sit here and pretend to listen. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Mm-hmm.
10: <laughs> it's like you know the whole mask like metaphor, and like you know in the book too, where it's like you know his mask of sanity is slipping." And it's, like, everything that he does, like, in his day work, his day job, you know, all of, like, his affectations for nice things, you know. I mean, it's all, like, a mask, right? Like, and I guess, like, we're all kind of wearing a mask, you know, because, I mean, without, like, these, like, I don't want to sound, like, philosophical here, poetic, but, you know, without all these, like, earthly consumptions and shit like that, you know, like, who would you actually be, you know? Like, what kind of person would you be? And this dude, Patrick Bateman, never even gets to find out. And, I mean, like, I'm not saying that he's as much a victim as the people he's victimizing. No, of course not. Not especially the brutality. <laughs> You're not Wall Street bro. Right, right. But he's like also, like, He, was, he was a protagonist, <laughs> really. Yeah. He, he was the protagonist, <laughs> actually.
4: We're reclaiming He could have just, you know,
5: taken some Sigma training and he would have really just been working
10: on all.
4: Yeah, yeah. Hey, so uh,
7: what was your point? I just needed to make like apparently three jokes.
10: No, no, no. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm. We are all Patrick Bateman, I guess is what I would say. <laughs> well, he's that. He's
5: that. Uh, I want nice things. I want nice things. He's that. He's that taken to the extreme, right? Like, he's the humanity completely stripped away from a human being, and it's just kind of left with that obsession with nice things. Like, and and I'm not saying that we kind of tangibly understand uh, ourselves in that way. But like, I think that we all kind of have ideas about what we are, have ideas about what we project. And he's kind of like, what if you didn't have any of that? What if there was no actual connection to the earthly world, right? Like the the world where you actually exist and and these relationships kind of matter to you and these emotions Mm -hmm. kind of matter to you, whether or not it's kind of just chemicals bouncing around your brain, you still kind of have some connection to them. What if that was all stripped away and all you really were was that materialism? And it's really funny throughout the movie, multiple times they mention that materialism the idea that materialism is something that they do all care about. And this is where the Reagan thing kind of comes in, in the end, right? Like when, when that's shown to them, when the face of that is shown to that they recoil in horror, pretend to they're like, Oh, we need to be less materialistic at the same time as that kind of being the only thing that matters to them. And his, uh, his friend, um, Timothy, Timothy Bryce, I think is his name. That's like, he's like, Oh, this is the one interesting person. I know uh, recoils in horror from Reagan, where he's like, how can he lie like that? You know, like, how can he, um, you know, lie to his constituents like that. And there's that moment, but it's like all of these people are a product completely of the Reagan it's Like the only, you know, the only uh, place that they thrive is when all of that tangibility has been completely, uh, you know, taken away from them. You
8: know? Well, these people have no humanity at all. So essentially the only impact they have on the world is these, are, these are wall street firms, you know, whatever, direct depositing a paycheck into an account and that account buys you know reservations at dorsia and the suits and all that other um beyond that they don't even exist so the fact that he's going around killing people it doesn't matter like they'll replace them with other you know nepotistic uh hires yeah and and they they literally they they
5: can't even tell who each of them are right like they're always yeah like marcus have because he has the same haircut as uh you know as patrick bateman the same glasses they go to the same place you know he's constantly being mistaken for that and his first um option with paul allen i think because he decides to kill him in, in a kind of a fit of passion i don't think that's why he originally takes him out to dinner um he kind of does it once he realizes that like the guy kind of has everything nicer than him and he kind of has the status freak out but like the reason that he originally goes through it is kind of to find out like how did you get this account you know what are you doing differently why is your card so nice like this obsession with it and we also kind of have a thing where we all kind of, and not, you know, this show might be the wrong place to uh, drop this, but like everyone kind of talks past each other throughout this movie. Ah! Like, <laughs>
4: <laughs> <And> that never <laughs> happens here. He's, but,
5: like, so he's able to just sit there and, you know, say into the void, like I like to murder people. I, you know, I dissect girls. I like, this is all the things that I'm into. No one yeah, ever. I'm into that. murders
7: and executions. Oh, you're in mergers and acquisitions. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay, Which yeah, is okay. a funny way. I
5: mean, I would like if someone said that, I would have kind of think like I think I would put that together and be like, oh, haha, that's a that's like a dad joke or something. But <laughs> yeah, like you know, I like they're talking past each other to the point where he literally tells Reese, Reese Witherspoon, who's a really funny uh, addition to this movie, I think.
4: Yeah, um, I
9: keep forgetting. I'm like, but then again, I remember. Oh God. What was Legally Blonde, name? Cruel Intentions. I, I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, she did Cruel uh, Intentions. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like, this movie's kind of almost up her alley in a way.
5: Well, she, I mean, she, I mean, Legally Blonde is a movie that I've always avoided watching until um, so my 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 ex girlfriend watched all of them on Netflix one night. No, the uh, first one's like good. I'm
6: going to, I'm going to defend the first one. I don't I'm know. not, I'm not, I'm just it. saying,
5: I'm just saying like, so it does, it kind of makes sense for the time that, you know, second referred. one's got
6: points with me because it's got Bob, uh, Bob, Bob, Newhart on it. So, you know, I love Bob Newhart, but, but, you know,
5: <laughs> but okay. yeah, So this idea of kind of everyone's kind of talking past each other and, and not really, uh, ever kind of responding because everyone kind of has their own agenda and they're in their own heads and that's kind of a, a big part of the reagan revolution i think right like this idea of individuality and individualism mm-hmm. is the only thing that really matters like the mm-hmm. idea of any kind of collective politics the idea of any kind of collective change kind of disappears as much as we want to project that we ourselves personally have some kind of social conscience like the idea that we could ever kind of band together to stop something only matters if you're projecting the fact that we're all like each of us projecting the fact that we kind of care about everything more than everybody else around us.
10: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think to that point too, like this radical individualism, that means like that you can do whatever you want to other people, you know, as long as it benefits your own ends. You know and yeah. I mean, and I mean like, this is exactly like, like you we've been talking about, but this is exactly what this film is. Like the whole thing is about. It's like him, you know, doing these incredible acts of violence, like, because, like, he has the power to do it, but even that doesn't fulfill him and satisfy him, you know, and, like, um, yeah, I mean, I think the, that scene with the, uh, where they're measuring business cards is probably, like, the best distillation, because it's essentially, like, a dick measuring contest, like, it's funny, mm-hmm. but it's also, like, poignant, you know, but, like, I mean, I can, like, literally imagine something like that happening like in that sort of setting you know or the scene where somebody mentioned in the comments i think where he has blood in his suit but because his suit is too nice instead of like throwing it out because it could be evidence he tries to actually like take it to the dry cleaners and get it like washed out you know yeah like, all it, of that he, sort of like hedonism and individualism you know and and he he shows
5: like the sheets to that that to that woman <laughs> because he's like oh there's no way that she could possibly like actually do anything about this so he's like show them how to get this out and it's like yeah. oh no he doesn't feel like there's any consequences to this whatsoever like exactly, she's like and she exactly. recoils, she's like what is this and he's like oh it's a cran cranberry juice cran apple whatever like kind of yeah. pushes it off and it's like jesus but throughout the movie it's like nobody who lives this nicely no one who has this job and this position and is um i mean he's not respected by any of the other sharks in the water but like you know respected by society I guess at large in some way shape or form like nobody who does that could ever um be in this position and I think that that is something that happens with serial killers over and over again like one of the reasons that I think Ed Gein who's the serial killer that um inspired both the uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. and Psycho um that he references when he's talking about it with other people where he's like you know what he said about women like one of the one of the reasons that um he kind of gets caught as fast as he does is because he's kind of just like a handyman. His class position isn't good enough for him Mm -hmm. to kind of get away with murdering people in that way. He's just kind of a guy that works at a store and everyone's like, Oh, he's a nice guy. But like, what what do you really know about him? When it's Patrick Bateman, who's kind of got this um, within his community, at least like a public profile, who's kind of this person who uh, is kind of projects the fact that he cares about all these social issues, who like, you know, has this has these uh, relationships around him that he feels no tangibility to. But other people see as um, kind of like, you know, relationships around him. They're like, oh, that guy couldn't possibly be doing anything. So the entire movie, they kind of just discredit that. His and fun is- fact,
6: yeah. Conan lives in Ed Gein's house.
5: <laughs> really?
6: It's not that far. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Serial killer, Wisconsin.
4: <laughs> I just
5: imagine uh, like okay.
7: Dahmer Dahmer across like five minutes
5: that way too.
9: Oh,
4: <laughs>
5: Jesus.
9: But uh well,
5: but like definitely. Ted Bundy, right? Ted Bundy is able to get away with it as long as he does because he's like a Nixon delegate and he's about Ted
9: Bundy though. He was not good looking.
5: <laughs> not by not by today's standards but you know in the 60s yeah
10: like, he was 60s good looking do,
5: good. Do, do serial killers get more leeway
7: was or he like five
4: eight
8: i'm
7: gonna say <laughs> i'm gonna give it, everyone stop do serial killers get more Attention when they're attracted. I think the answer that has to be yes. Like, remember when that person they had like this the sketch report of like the, the handsome gangster or whatever it was? Do you remember yeah. this was a news story for like a day and a half where it's like like oh he's fine and it was, it was like man, this dude like killed a bunch of people. Yeah, he, had oh, a, that he, had a, he was a the light skin eyes and
5: the That is rare. That is that is a rare look. And you know what? people were captivated there's also there's they were twitter captivated account. it was crazy it was like there yo was you a, know this
7: dude killed a bunch of people right just you're your your thirst trapping about it yeah
5: anyway I, I, it, I stumbled on the most uh you know the most sigma male uh twitter account of all time where it was just criminals that, like it was it was women that had committed crimes that were like bad as fuck like they were
10: they oh were i hot. know which word you're talking it was like it was like was the it was their mugshot yeah. photos. Yeah, dude. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about, man. Yeah. I was like, God damn, we should let her get away, man. And, oh, and man. it was like, and it, it was like, like that, dissected her, her boyfriend. It was like, dissected her boyfriend. And like,
5: the, the whole thing was like, is she hot enough to get away with this? Would we still fuck? Even though we knew that there was like a chance that we would get dissected. And it's like,
10: yeah. I mean, she would kill you in your sleep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> she ain't doing nothing dude, wrong. Do indeed was, rock. It was his fault. He probably did something wrong. <laughs>
5: All what, what, did, what did he do? Tell me, tell me about uh. Yeah, what did he do? Right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what did he uh, do? Deserve that shit? Didn't
9: do the dishes after dinner.
5: He didn't do the dishes. If she kills, if she kills, I kill. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, yeah. No, so I have, I have. uh Mary Her and the director, uh Charlie Rose, not the person that I really want talking about this movie, but you oh, know, yeah,
11: yeah, yeah. Good old Charlie
5: Rose. He <laughs> role, Charlie right?
11: Rose. I've been
7: Brett. off the internet for five years, so yeah.
5: <laughs> brettie <laughs> snellis Nellis and uh Christian Bale, he had them on for like a, a nice little panel. So you know what? My 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 grandma was always really into Charlie Rose. That was a program she watched every single night. And I'm glad that uh, you know, she meant she passed away before the allegations came out, because I wouldn't want to see her heartbroken like that.
4: But <laughs>
1: Charlie, how could you?
5: And, yeah, it was that grandma. Let
1: me just don't so let's just get sort of You like the movie. Yeah, I actually Because you reviewed it for Gear Magazine. Let's I get to the point. That. Yeah, <laughs> let's find <laughs> out. Damn it. Yeah, damn it. That's what everyone wants to know. Yes, I like the yeah. movie. I know. I mean, I wish I... Because or, it captured... Um, I think it clarified the themes of the novel. It clarified that the novel was actually a critique of male behavior. I think a lot of people um, don't realize that, uh, who haven't read the book. And so it clarified that and also brought the humor of the book up to the surface. It, it, a lot of people also, I think, who are afraid of the novel, who haven't read the novel, don't understand that it's basically a comedy. It's basically a black comedy. Yeah, they had a hard time getting that. I think they, yeah. Well, well the probably is because of the violence. You know, in, in some ways, I think that's probably true. I think the violence is graphic enough that it has distracted people from it overshadowed everything i think it did but i think that was a misreading i think the the initial misreading of the book came from people who assumed that the book was all about violence but actually if you add up the violent sequences in this book you're going to get about four pages and you're going to have basically 396 pages of you know lists and social satire and stuff going on in patrick bateman's head so to me it was never really a book about violence though there was violence violence punctuated it what did you see it as, Mary, when you got to direct this?
2: Well, actually, I, I read it when it first came out in London in ninety-one, and um I was amazed just in the because uh, the the real hardcore violence does doesn't hit for about hundred pages, does it? About
1: 150
2: pages. Yeah, about one hundred fifty pages. One hundred thirty, yeah. I can remember the exact <laughs> page. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, when I started reading, I thought, oh, this is like you know early Evelyn Waugh. It's clearly you know very black comedy of manners, making fun of a crazy society and I had sort of mixed feelings real love hate feelings for the late 80s and I thought he, Brett had caught something about it that no one else had.
1: Is that why you wanted to do it?
2: Yeah, I think so that was my initial thought when when they uh the producers came to me in 96 and at first thought oh, how do you make a film out of that because it really has no is does not an obvious cinematic adaptation because there isn't a very clear narrative <laughs> and deliberately you know <laughs> But, uh, and then I thought, well, it's just time, just about enough time has passed to make a film about the Beyond 80s. the controversy
1: yeah, and, and well, beyond actually, the 80s, too. Actually,
2: beyond the 80s is what right, I thought, because right. you can just start to see it as a historical period, almost. Yeah. And I said to Ed Pressman, the producer, well, it would be a really good film for the millennium, mm. you know.
1: You, I wonder if, if, just to make a quick reference, Bonfire, The Vanities, as a film, regardless of whatever fault it had, was mm. made too quick.
2: I think there were well, there were there was a lot
1: of no distance between it and the time it wanted to portray.
2: That's probably true. I mean, I, I mean, there were many problems with that right. film, but it might have been a better film if they'd waited 5-10 years. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it could, well, could be, I think the themes. Well, almost like everything. I mean, I think the meaning of everything becomes clearer after sure, ten years. Yeah. Novels, exactly. films, everything.
4: Yeah.
7: You- I agree. I also agree it was a better adaptation of Brady Snell's book than Less Than Zero, which I enjoyed, but. Yeah, agreed.
5: Yeah, um, so I, I don't know. I thought that was interesting. We should probably get to the letterbox one-liners though, because uh, we got some fun ones today.
7: Absolutely, Forrest. They're always fun here on Movie Extravaganza. Letterbox, of course, is a uh, social media site for film lovers, movie lovers. Uh, the only social media site that matters. A bunch of <laughs> folks that it, bottom-up democracy. Everyone gets to have their say, not just the Siskels and Eberts of the world. We get uh, people that love the movies they see, people that hate the movies they see, people that have oblique philosophies about movies they see, all that stuff. All of of course, expressed for the purposes of this show and this bit in the most best possible way of the one-line review. So more or less one-liners, letterbox one-liners for American Psycho. Forrest, take us away. Five stars
5: for the brutal murder of Jared Leto. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes. <Thanks. Sure. laughs> Batman finally kills the Joker. There we
10: go. There we go. <laughs> that was good.
7: Patrick Bateman's horrified reaction when he saw his colleague' business card and said it even has a watermark yeah. <laughs> was the most dramatic moment in cinematic history.
10: <laughs> Yo, that was really good acting. He should have won an Oscar for that, man. It wasn't even
7: nominated. Isn't that crazy?
10: Even it. even nominated? Maybe if Aubrey. he had slapped somebody, he would have
5: gotten nominated and maybe nope. he won.
4: <laughs>
5: Patrick
7: Bateman, murder I'm okay with, but I draw the line at anti-Semitism.
5: Coolest yes. would be anti-Semitic <laughs> remarks.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine Patrick Bateman being a Letterboxd user who writes detailed reviews of movies he's watched and then breaking into a cold sweat after he sees that someone who wrote a one-liner joke review got more likes than him.
4: <laughs> i, 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 I asked. Asked. yeah no, conan
6: feels that every single time he puts these together
4: hey you're
6: telling me man
7: <laughs>
4: Might
6: like,
7: like in this essay i shall explain why american psycho is a classic film
5: why american psycho is a detailed representation of our our position under capitalism and the incredibly ethical uh responses that we feel no. <laughs> But notes I, feel, I,
10: I feel like this is me like when i like make a tweet and like of when, uh, somebody makes a comment that gets more likes than my OG tweet and I'm like oh, god that's, damn man that's,
4: that's yeah. a, like, yeah. block so that's you or you...
10: find out where you live man
4: <laughs> <laughs> no,
10: I'm, I'm
7: kidding <laughs> The Way I Want to Go is by Christian Bale narrating me useless music trivia
6: I also imagine that's how Gates with Conan Neutron is. Hey everybody! No, I mean, like I
7: can't believe we've we've not invoked any of the scenes where he opines at length about uh, Huey Lewis and the News. Genesis yeah, I was gonna, and- I was gonna throw that
5: to you as as my own last uh, last thing before we go to final thoughts. I was gonna throw that to you. It's and incredible! Just-
8: <laughs> it's one, one, it's one of the things, things about that makes this classic for okay. me.
5: I
7: go
8: cancel, yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say that the only time Patrick Bateman is ever racist is when he's talking about Huey Lewis. That's
5: too black for him,
4: mm-hmm.
5: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he he
8: invoked that. He
4: he invoked at one point, said he liked it. Willem
5: Dafoe's yeah. character, that's like a detective, likes it, and he shows he he knows in his head like this is someone who's way less cool than I am, and his first reaction is yeah. like, "Oh, it's too black for me." Yeah, <laughs> it's such
4: <laughs> a weird one, oh, <laughs> So many levels.
8: <laughs>
5: they
7: really came into their own with sports though
8: (laughs) that's the original Mayo 2 spicy line is that (laughs) Huey Lewis is too black for me
7: (laughs) ah yes a movie about a swag guy who did absolutely nothing wrong (laughs) (laughs) only funny because so many people think that's true
5: (laughs) populist Patrick over here he's he's, uh he's he's killing uh, killing the, the senior vice president of his company
7: Killing us loudly with his song, <laughs> see we lose in the news. Patrick Batman. Yeah,
4: yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah that,
10: that's, that's that line that Patrick Bat that Patrick uh, Bateman that one liner that uh, break, makes him break out in a cold sweat. Patrick <laughs> Bateman. Sick likes. <laughs> <though>. <laughs>
7: First of all, how dare you?
10: She should <laughs> am way more
8: likes. <laughs>
7: I think the real psycho is the Academy for not giving Christian Bale the Oscar nom he deserved for this film. True. That's true. Max H, testify. <laughs> Moral of the story: Run when a man starts monologuing.
10: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> run when a man starts talking. <laughs> Period. All, all starts reading here. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
5: Legend has it he's still returning his videotapes. <laughs> I do I do love that as like as the kind of uh whatever behind him gets more and more vapid, like it, it gets more and more awkward that like his thing is like I was returning video tapes. I have to go yeah. return some tapes. So he finally breaks off his engagement and he's walking out and he's like, I have to go return some video tapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean
6: Blockbuster was harsh back then, man. I have the
7: car yeah.
5: to
4: prove it. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Those are Letterboxd one-liners for American Psycho. Follow moving extravaganza on Letterboxd, which is Forrest Miller, right over there, the host of your show. I, of course, am Conan Neutron. You can follow me as well. I'm also on there. Jay Andy World, returning videos still, but it. you can still <laughs> follow him uh, down there as well. Kenzo, Kenzo's on Letterbox. Encourage him to be on that more. Christina's on there. Really encourage her to be on there more. Aaron's too high. I don't know what it is, but other than that, <laughs>
10: yeah. <more> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, if can I can I like do can I watch like Deep Space Nine episodes and review them on a uh, Letterbox? Is it only movies? Does that work? Too? It's only, it's they got only a movies. bunch of DS9 oh, episodes movies. on there. Yeah, yeah there's
6: people that stretch the idea of what a movie is. Uh,
4: big <laughs> I
7: think it was like, a <laughs> movie yeah. set in like
6: 1992. And yeah. they're just like, yes, let's put that on Letterboxd. In this episode really cool. of Heathcliff, stuff gets real.
5: It's almost <laughs> cinematic, man. I was looking into whether I could do that with uh, Succession.
10: And whether I could remember yeah, because it was right one. Well, I mean, technically, there's like a two-part episode, DS9 episode, that's like a, a movie made for TV. So technically, mm-hmm. I could probably slide There's
6: several like that.
10: Yeah, yeah.
6: I celebrate its entire catalog. Yeah. J. Andy World, take us away. All right. If you yeah, are watching us right now on the... Um... Internet? Internet, yes. <laughs> there, there are several <laughs> platforms we are right now streaming on, none of which I can remember. <laughs>
4: oh uh,
6: okay yeah yes uh, two 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 um uh but yeah if you are on um uh the, the one that starts with t that's not twitter uh,
5: twitch. twitch Twitch. go
6: get into blockbuster apparently
7: andy's broken mm-hmm. right
6: now yeah. <laughs> that's why I was vamping for so long i'll shut her over twitch um if you're watching
5: it's right literally now, below you in the
1: yeah
6: <laughs> Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyways, uh, if you're watching us right now on Twitch, please subscribe. That helps us out greatly. If you happen to have an Amazon uh, Prime account and you're watching right now, subscribe. That's free for you and that helps us out. So so we thank you for that. If you're watching us over on YouTube, do the YouTube things. Like, hit some, the subscribe button. Smash that subscribe button. Smash, smash the it. bell smash the bell ring the um, bell ring the bell
7: smash and it them. ring it
6: and take off its head whatever doesn't matter the very important thing play these movies little, right little. to little the end because that, that actually does Just help revolves. the algorithm there uh let, let other movie fans find this insanity that we are bringing to you right now and right. um if you uh are financially able and want to help us out some more. We also have a Patreon. So please hit us up over on Patreon. Um, we're, we're going to, we got, uh, put, uh, after parties that you can watch where you can see me, see, say really inappropriate things. And, um, does. <laughs> yes. Facts. And,
7: um, this is so
5: good.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
6: we were doing so great. We were, we were, uh, and, uh, what else? Um, yeah, we're, we, we plan on having more features for you uh, rolling out in the future, like Discord, uh, possibly even like uh, uh, movie reviews from Forest, like like video reviews.
7: Reddit. Uh, but... we, we got a Reddit now too, so.
6: Yes, we got hey, a Reddit. If we're doing American Psycho,
7: we got to get the Reddit Bros on board, right? <laughs> hey, <everybody>. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh,
6: but yeah, it, please, it, please it... like and follow us on all those different uh, things, and and help us wherever you can. It's and why, also if I, why... if I
7: may uh, fourth chair Christina over here, uh, make sure to subscribe to our friend Christina, who is awesome uh, also on, on Twitch and the other things. And Kenzo, I guess also..
4: <laughs>
8: I I've been gaming Maybe now Aaron. on Twitch. You can watch mm-hmm. me game poorly. Gaming it's
5: fun. nine it's 925, so I'm going to give uh Aaron his final thoughts because he has, you know, people coming over. Get some videotapes the- to return.
10: <laughs> I got some videotapes to return. The guy from Blockbuster is actually outside my door. Uh, <laughs> came Yo! The uh, like the repo man for Blockbuster. So, uh, so do
5: you have do You have yeah, That's final for
10: thoughts? real, man. Uh, I mean, like, I think this movie <laughs> is still, like, relevant, I guess. You know, uh, I think... You know, I mean, it's not like a must watch for me. You know what I mean? Or like I would recommend anybody. Oh, you, know, you got to see this movie. But um, if you definitely want to kind of get a feel for like I would tell them not to watch the trailer, though, because the trailer that like the one you aired before we started does not belie how good this movie actually is. But um, yeah, man, I liked it. And as someone who didn't read the book, um, I I mean, yeah, I felt like or skimmed through the book. I didn't read. It. I feel like it probably did a good job to capture uh ellis's vision you know that he had in mind so uh watch the shit if you haven't already it's not you, for you the skip the book and,
7: and you just thought it was about a cool guy doing cool guy stuff yeah
5: only the first 150 pages you know what i mean
10: like <laughs> exactly yeah, that that having out? a
7: good time being a baller whatever
10: doing it's some
8: skincare routines yeah
10: man <laughs> yeah, this dude uh, has a
5: good morning routine yeah but uh Aaron, do you have anything you want to plug uh,
10: um, yeah, um, uh, people can listen to uh, the Trill Billies, that's the uh podcast that I co host, uh, as well as Struggle Session. I'm a comics correspondent there, uh, and uh, I mean, this is like my fourth time getting banned from Twitter. So, uh, <laughs> if anybody wants to help, uh, help me gain back some of my uh followers, you can follow me at a uh, what's my handle i can't even remember i think it's oh, uh you're air... to a great start yeah yeah i think it's air <laughs> marks so it's like two uh air underscore marks but that's two eyes and air so uh air underscore marks if people I wanna, don't I don't
5: know uh, if uh, uh he's been on since since you were uh co-hosting but uh Trubillies has uh Sturgill Simpson come on pretty often
10: right? yeah yeah So I listened to that's one of my uh I wasn't on I wasn't on the pod yet of the dead won't I'm die second <laughs> he is of he, the he, dead yeah, won't die that's, that's the bit that's like yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: simpson
5: creator of
7: the song "Devil will die everyone says yeah. in the movie like a thousand times yeah. oh,
5: whatever. <laughs> <laughs> plebeians go ahead well because i went to i went to uh you know i was working for david griscom for a while and i went to texas and we were hanging out that I kills in the
7: jim jarmusch but... subreddit by the way go ahead <laughs>
4: <laughs>
5: but yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Um, I, I won't, you. I won't, you know, leave you from uh hanging out with people and doing yeah. cool guy stuff, you know, like uh, <laughs> axe ax murders and whatever. <laughs>
10: axe murders, yeah. And um, I'm always, I'm always down to uh, I'm always down. I'm thinking of another movie that um, is it if, if it's cool, I'll DM you and pitch you some ideas because there are some other movies that uh, I kind of like. You know, I like space shit and sci-fi shit, man. So I don't know how much. You guys, we, we like hate it, and in. we would never
7: do an entire month of it. They'd never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> we've, uh, we uh, no, we, we've done an entire month of it, and it was pretty <laughs> honestly, is one of my most fun months for sure. Yeah, yeah cool. cool. So, <laughs> <we liked laughs> All right, that. thanks, thanks for coming right. on. DS9 thanks, TV nine. movie thanks with Aaron. Aaron coming up.
5: <laughs> Later, y'all. Bye. See <laughs> Aaron. Bye. Yeah, so uh, Conan, I want to hear you riff on Huey Lewis in the news. Let's let's go. I mean,
7: those those those, <laughs> those monologues are are incredible. And and they're amazing in like a multitude of ways, uh not the least of which is that if you think about what was actually going on in 80s music at the time, to have like that level of depth and insight to such shallow music makes it all the more hilarious. Like this is one of the reasons why American Psycho is a deep satire. Like it's yeah. funny. This movie's hilarious. And if and I I get where it was maybe somewhat misconstrued because people get overwhelmed by some of the, the violence and things along those lines. But it's man, still slaps, still funny, still very hilarious. I I also think that you know we didn't really talk about the theories of the end. I don't really buy that it was all in his head thing. I think that there's clearly a couple things like the you know feed me feed me the alley cat or whatever the atm says clearly that's okay so clearly now we're in his head you can't shoot a gun and make a, a car explode like okay cool but i think the scariest well force
5: dagger kind of can but yeah you know. well
7: that's the thing is is like is he's a guy <laughs> that watched a lot of movies right so but but the thing that like gets me with uh that piece too many movies is,
5: that's his problem Tony soprano voice fucking
7: <laughs> internet uh the thing that gets me is that when he when he like has a minor freak out after confessing and he goes back to paul allen's palatial apartment with all of the brutally murdered bodies and stuff to clean up his work he sees that oh they've already like you know retiled it redone the paint like whatever and the scariest thing is that the landlord is like get this out of here this is prime real estate I don't want to hear anything about it make it go away of like all the bodies that's honestly one of those terrifying things uh, about the film isn't the fact that he murdered all the people necessarily but that like the potentially like a property owner right could could be like oh this is prime real estate i can get millions of dollars uh for this every year get these bodies out of here this never happened like, yeah, which is that which, exchange is astounding to me. I which love it so
5: the movie much. though. Kind of uh, correspond with everything else in the movie. Right. Because they're kind of constantly cleaning up his messes. Like people don't want to hear it. People aren't really down to hear that he's killing people. They don't really give a fuck about it. They're just like push on and nobody has satisfied. any
7: time for it. Everyone's real yeah. busy.
5: Yeah. <laughs> so so when you finally hear that, it's like, oh no, they've kind of been cleaning up his messes the entire movie in some small way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's like whatever messes that he leaves, nobody really wants to deal with it. And he's able to just kind of get away with it. And that kind of makes that very, very apparent that they that the woman's just like like because at first you're like, get Oh, did you did you hear basically. about this in the Times? And he's like, No. Oh, well, yeah. maybe yes. And she's like, Well, I didn't write about it in the Times. And it's like this yeah. weird back and is forth. It's this really where, awkward yeah.
7: exchange where you're just like and she's like, Oh, just leave. Like, and it's like, Oh, ah. yeah. And
5: it's left you as a viewer wondering, like, is she saying that because this is just some weird guy hanging out or is she saying that because they've cleaned up the bodies? It's kind of unclear. Uh, You know, is she just, which, which of-
7: that's, that's now the camp that I'm in is that like the all the murders were real. She just cleaned out all these goddamn bodies and is like basically being a, the wolf in Pulp Fiction. Mm. Right. Mm. If you remember that character. Yeah. <laughs> and like and like and she's doing so because like she knows that if this palatial luxury building gets a reputation for having all these motherfuckers murdered in here, she's not gonna be able to rent it out for whatever obscene amount of money that she's renting it
5: out for. Patrick Bateman said, uh, wow, you got that fucking gourmet shit.
4: <laughs>
9: mm. Oh, so <laughs> speaking of uh Huey Lewis in April of twenty thirteen to mark the thirtieth anniversary of uh the Huey Lewis and the news fans album sports, comedy video website Funny or Die created a parody of the Axe murder scene featuring Hue- Huey Lewis as Patrick Bateman and Weird Al Yankovic, who parody I Want a New Drug as I Want a New Duck four as Paul Allen.
7: I, <laughs> I remember about- when this came out and there could not have been something more aimed at me.
4: Yes,
6: <laughs> I also remember, you know, things that, that like they, they wouldn't have known because they didn't have Wikipedia in the 80s, but like mm-hmm. I could totally see Patrick Bateman mentioning the fact that Huey Lewis was compared to um, uh, uh, Elvis Costello because uh, his studio band in his, uh, his uh, Elvis Costello's first that album was the news. Yep. Oh. He
7: also um, was buddies with yeah. Thin Lizzy and appears in the Live and Dangerous album because his band, who were not well regarded, opened up for Thin Lizzy uh, on a couple of very crucial tours uh, for them earlier. Clover was the name of the band, everybody. Yes.
6: Yeah, well, it's, uh... oh, oh the,
7: I struck the panel silent with that one. It, that was the one.
6: I was <laughs> actually uh, trying to remember um, what what because uh, Scooby Lewis couldn't sing for a, uh, the longest time. His yeah. uh, voice, uh, he had like some kind of no.
8: Uh, Billy Joel sang the longest time.
6: No, no,
7: he couldn't. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't, couldn't. No, no, no I, I, um, I, got, I, I got you. Kenzo. I'm a deaf one good. here. Uh, but a- anyways, he hey Andy, sing. where do we stream from? I don't know. On the internet. Go, go on the internet and go get it. Stop bothering <laughs> me. <laughs> if I by the way, if I did those plugs, that's probably what it would sound like. <laughs> Local just, man I'm has no time there, for this shit.
5: I'm just happy there's a bit that I do like or whatever, like a plug that I don't have to do. I, I kind of uh <laughs> I Yeah, well problems. I was
6: trying to vamp because I I it just completely escaped my mind and I'm like, damn it.
5: Uh, I, I know this. I don't think we're ever going to be big on Twitch. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is no, that, attitude, that attitude we want. So. I, uh, I was pulling this up. Get a job, Forrest. Why don't you get a job, huh? What? <laughs> I can't believe we didn't talk about Reagan emptying the uh,
7: uh, sanitariums, by the way. But anyway, on this panel of all panels. But my disappointment is palpable. Go ahead.
11: Do you like American Psycho? It's okay. Although originally polarizing to audiences and critics alike, it developed a much deserved cult following when released on digital video disc or DVD. There it found a second life and really came into its own commercially and artistically. The movie works both as a grim examination of male vanity while also maintaining real genre thrills. Justifying these tonal shifts by placing the audience inside the head of the duplicitous lead character. Christian Bale's dynamite performance it gives it a big boost. Nice. The role almost went to Leo, but nobody could have brought that certain athos and charisma to it quite like Bale. A role he later recalled a shade of in Christopher Nolan's Batman pictures. Hey. Yes,
1: Al? Why are there newspapers all over the place?
6: Is that like a Huey Lewis on the News joke or something?
11: <laughs> no, Al. Hey, is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. In 2005, Lionsgate release released this, this The Uncut. I think it's an undisputed masterpiece. A movie so entertaining, most people probably don't listen to the message. Most people probably don't listen to the list, But they should, because it's not just a great character study. But a sardonic metaphor for 1980s greed and materialism. Hey, yeah! Ah! Try parodying one of my songs now, you stupid bastard.
0: I want a new duck. One that won't try to bite. One that won't chew a whole in Yeah.
7: Perfection.
6: And, and Huey Lewis is is great in other things too. Like uh, he did an episode of Blacklist where he just shows up randomly, and uh, uh, it, it's hilarious.
5: Which makes it funnier that he's like, "Oh, it's too black for me."
4: Yeah.
8: <laughs> According to Weird Al himself, the only per only artist who ever got pissed off at him was Coolio for Amish which
5: uh, we played a thousand fucking times. The the uh, James yeah. Austin Johnson the clip where he's like Weird Al, he didn't ask for the rights. <laughs>
9: And the one artist who consistently turned him down was Prince. Oh, yep. Meanwhile, Michael Jackson was like, Here's the set of beat it. Here's the set of bad. Do what you want to do.
8: Do whatever you want. Yeah. That was the first, like, kind of version of Twitch reaction. Like, you know, other people would make content and then Mm -hmm. he would go and put his reaction to it and put it out there and accept it because it definitely helped the artists out.
6: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so many artists in the '80s I would have missed if it wasn't for Weird Al.
7: Also, uh, he Weird Al wrote the best Devo song that is not a Devo song ever with "Scared to Be Stupid," which is not Uh... a parody. And since Jerry Casali has been on the show, uh, Protonic, not this show, not this show, (laughs) uh, multiple times, they love it. They're like, it's amazing. Like, like. He, he wrote the best song we never wrote. Like they, even they think that. Like and it, it's, it's true. And that, they
6: might be Tran- giant songs, pretty good too. He did a the Transformers uh, soundtrack. A I think that what
7: that one was uh, not these Michael Bay Transformers. I don't count those. No. So I'm talking about the cartoon,
6: the real one with Orson Welles. The real one. with
7: Orson Welles. Yeah, one, the- <laughs> Welles. yeah you're right. Shit. <laughs>
6: oh, we should talk to. Yeah. Uh, you you um, think you think Orson Welles is gonna do gonna do stupid? Uh, um, very, what's his face? <laughs>
9: Speaking of a Jared Leto, we crashed. Exclusio, watch exclusively on Apple TV.
8: You see the rose. Oh, I
3: thought you meant to, the
4: Al. Like,
9: oh,
7: is that good? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. We doing a bit. Sorry.
3: Folks, we love Weird Al. We love Weird Al Yankovic. Weird Al, an American original. He's got more money than Sin. More money. He's probably, I don't know. Maybe he's got more money than me. I don't know. He's got more money than me, but he's got a lot of it. He's got a lot of spunk and he's got a lot of talent. I've never seen anybody who gets famous playing accordion. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. Who's, who's doing accordion? And that, we don't even know how it works. Science doesn't even know how it works. <laughs> he, just, he, just, he squeezes it and it sounds really crazy. And Weird Out, figured it out. God bless him. We think it's great that weird al figured out that accordion i don't even know how they do we don't even know how we do it does it need batteries we'll never know we'll never know and science doesn't know but weird al was very mean to coolio not very nice coolio was very upset with mr weird al he didn't do he didn't ask for the rights he just went in that amish paradise and he just didn't even ask for the rights he didn't even ask for it when he did Gangsters Paradise. He had such a big hit with Gangsters Paradise. And, you know, with Amish Paradise, they, he, what they do is they take the music and they steal the whole thing. They just steal the music and they write a new words and it's a new song. And everyone goes, oh, it's so great. Are they? And he writes new words to it. And suddenly it's funny. Best comedy album. It'll never get best music. <laughs> never get best album. Breakout star. It'll never do it. They'll never get it to them. No CMAs, nothing. But people buy it. They like it because it's a good product. And we love what Weird Al does. You know, Weird Al has originals. Night Santa went crazy. Albuquerque. But they'll never like it as much as White and Nerdy. He was very mean to Mr. Chameleon Air And we'll never like the originals quite as much as the parodies. We like the parodies so much. He does such a good job with it. Really, really good job. eBay, Backstreet Boys. You know, he did eBay years after we totally forgot. They come out with eBay. And I had totally forgotten who are the Backstreet Boys. I don't even know. But we had an incredible conversation with Lou (laughs) Pearlman. Amazing. (laughs) He's just starting live now, right?
7: Yeah, that, that's yeah, yeah.
8: True. And so, is Sarah Sherman, yeah, Luke Perlman, Luke Sarah on Saturday Korm. Live, yeah, definitely. So yeah, he's been <laughs> so he that for
9: years.
8: One thing We're that slapped
9: my band.
5: Sarah
8: about
7: Sarah—they CGI that shit in. Go ahead, Kenzo.
5: Sarah, Sarah, squirm being, about Sarah put on?
8: Sherman, or, is that yeah. she she was on my podcast talking shit about SNL about why it's not funny, and the reason why I think this is so awesome is that. So many people in the comedy scene walk on eggshells for SNL and the whole network of SNL because they want to be on it one day. So they won't uh step on the toes of anyone there. They kind of have fealty towards, you know, their predecessors. And then she was just like on, you know, these little podcasts talking shit about SNL. And now she's got a gig with them. I think that's amazing.
5: Yeah. Sarah Squirm, right? That's her. uh Yeah. Yeah
7: dare to dream like anyone on this show right
5: <laughs> we talk shit all the time <laughs> <laughs> that's why no one wants us no one wants us <laughs>
4: conan be one of
6: the new newses? he's the newest news coming neutron
5: conan neutron in the news yes that's right that was that was that so, was one so a, a line though that i think named back, Yes. I, and after this, I'll jump to, uh, final thoughts, but align within that when he's talking about Huey Lewis, in the news, I noticed he's like, it's an ode to conformity and, uh, you know, and, and how important, uh, trends are. And you realize like, that's kind of his entire ideology, right? Like yeah. Yeah. he's, he's you learn a lot about the character in that little monologue. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I also like the, uh, the Jared little line where He's like, you got a little, a little, uh, a little dog, a little, uh, a little, a little chow or whatever. He, he's like, yeah. no, He's like, is that a raincoat? He's like, yes. Yes, it is. And then when he fucking kills him, my favorite line of the whole movie, he's like, try getting a reservation at Dorcia now, <laughs> you fucker. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is why I promoted our last episode of Savage Cypher with real Dorcia hours discourse. Yeah. Um- <laughs> But, uh, but Kenzo, I want to hear some final thoughts. I want to hear some Huey Lewis in the news. I want to hear, you know, whatever 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 comes to your head. Um yeah, I hey. know you were excited to to do this episode.
8: But. Yeah, well I saw this movie at when it well I think when it was released a video. Um so just a few months after it came out and this was I was living in dorms. This was 9/11 hadn't ha- hadn't happened yet. Um the uh you know, the dot com bubble hadn't burst like um We were in a very weird almost like purgatory and you know people were kind of celebrating getting out of um uh they weren't we were so we actually we weren't celebrating anything we were actually fearful of uh we just came out of thinking the world was going to end um on uh the in the year 2000 um y2k that didn't happen um and uh, you know we terrified
5: my mom enough one of the first uh cultural moments i remember is my mom um stocked and she still does it but i'm happy she kind of does because who knows what the fuck is gonna happen she stocked our entire uh downstairs pantry with a million cans and was like (laughs) y2k is happening we need to have as much soup as possible and we had this
8: (laughs) 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 do you still have any of those cans
5: I don't have cans from then, but we still do that. Like, you know, there's like the can. You're the reason
4: why
9: we got inflation. (laughs) (laughs) What's funny is my
5: grandmother would still have the cans. Well, I don't know. I ate a lot of them. I was a kid that ate a lot. So, you know.
8: Talking about your grandma's cans. This is uh, becoming very spicy.
5: It's not that kind of show.
8: (laughs) (laughs) But like, you know, the very end where, you know, he, he, he talks about it's you know confessing would be a meaningless confession. You know, it's fun to watch this film through a completely anti-capitalist lens, even though I know Breast, Brett Easton Ellis is uh is a capitalist and you know Reason TV uh interviewed him um of, of all places about the film. Um I tagged all you guys you know,
5: that last night because uh the guy from Reason, Nick Gillespie or whatever the fuck his name is like comes in really fast and like he's talking about capitalism in Hollywood kind of being the thing that kind of ruined the art of Hollywood. And he runs mm-hmm. in, he's like, but but you like capitalism, right? Capitalism is, is, is good, right? Like making money. There's no problem with that. And he's like, no, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I'm not a socialist. And it's like in that moment, yeah, <laughs> you got to defend the editorial line. Like it's fine. When it's the international criticism of like, Oh, well, we shouldn't kind of, uh, you know let china di- like dictate what uh marvel movies have in them as like the the main thing right because like, that's what they're talking about but like the second the word capitalism is invoked it's like oh you-,
4: mm-hmm.
5: you don't have a problem with capitalism right you're not a socialist and he's like no i'm not a socialist i have no problem with capitalism and he's like okay anyway wh- what are you saying
8: but if you do have a problem with capitalism it is a fun watch and a watch with those eyes And in the end, when he talks about um, how, like, the confession, if he confessed it, it would be completely worthless. It made me think about, like, you know, what if a bunch of Wall Street bros went on the news and just said, everything we're doing is wrong. Like, Wolf of Wall Street was essentially that. And, like, people love that movie and glorify the people in it. So, essentially, like, you know, would it for capitalists to confess their crimes would be an empty gesture.
5: Well, you see that with uh, last year, they had the whole thing with GameStop and people kind of inflating Mm -hmm. uh, the stock price. And the actual guy from Wolf of Wall Street um, actually came out on on TV and was like kind of doing some kind of he was on Tucker Carlson, I think, because I I covered this. Um, We did uh, Wolf of Wall Street as a movie around the same time as this, too. So like. He was talking about how um well he kind of sees a populist thing behind it where you know it's not the uh the big the big hedge fund owners it's like the you know the mba guys that are doing this and like which still is kind of in the same class strata you know what i mean like okay. they're people that have gotten their masters in business like it's not like whatever but he's like oh i see a more populist thing but because they're uh, investing from robin hood which is kind of what people were doing it's like they're it's already a contained system that's kind of already owned by those companies so like it it kind of um you know they they went on tv and they're like well you know like uh robin hood kind of is owned by the same companies that invest in everything else like they're owned by one of the biggest hedge funds but you know there's this populist thing behind it and everyone was still like yeah hell yeah like keep GameStop going so it was a kind of an interesting moment where they they are kind of spilling like the fact that this all happens from that side but they're like um kind of pretending to be some kind of Maybe not anti-capitalist, but anti-consumerist, uh, I guess. Which kind of is a, an interesting thing about the the uh, clip we watched earlier on, where Christian Bale does mention capitalism as a thing within American Psycho. Like, oh well, it was a critique of capitalism rather than a critique of consumerism. Because I remember um, Andy and I talking about this like very early on in the show, like, or I think you actually was on Bad Taste where we were talking about the fact that. Um, you know, in the eighties and stuff, right? Like you were a hundred percent uh justified in uh, attacking consumerism and materialism as concepts, but not necessarily capitalism as uh-huh. like, a structural reason for that. Mm. But uh yeah. Uh Christina, cute but psycho over there.
7: Kenzo, were you uh, done? Was was that what you done oh, with that?
8: that? Oh yeah, that was my take.
5: Okay, all right because yeah, yeah. Almost...
6: your time's up we're giving it to christina now yeah
5: yeah <laughs>
6: i yield my time
5: yeah it's no longer the sabbath the cipher yeah. is uh the cipher's done
4: <laughs>
9: so as a former psych major i absolutely adore this film a lot of people are like why would you want to adore this film and also as a leftist i love it i know it's a critique of capitalism and even a little bit of consumerism but it also kind of Hides, you know, the fact that this dude is a complete other psychopath, but we love it, we love it for him. Uh, I love
7: it, folks. Can't it's get enough of product. it, <laughs> yeah.
9: But, uh, People talking love... about it more and more. <laughs> I mean, but I, I, I love Christian Bale. I mean, sometimes, like, this, this is this is Christian Bale for me. Like, like, everyone's like, he's Batman. I'm like, uh, 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 uh.
4: Mm.
9: he's Batman. Ba- Yes. Like that's when I think Christian Bale, I think of this role. Like it's so tied to, even though he's always constantly transforming himself for his roles and putting his health at risk, kind of like Jared Leto. But uh, Christian Bale does everything right. And also, too, what I love about this is that essentially the Batman does kill the Joker.
5: Well, I mean, (laughs) mean, and you can look at you can look. I mean, I, I it's kind of insane that we haven't done this movie because i talk about it constantly but like taxi driver right like yeah the taxi driver he's about to travis Bickle's about to kill a politician which I, we so, have to totally would
7: him. have fit for the theme month too if we yeah if we had thought about it but
5: yeah. uh regular paul schrader fans over here. schrader heads will know um yeah, we didn't
7: so- did Mishima before we did <laughs> taxi driver which is incredible and it speaks a lot to what this show does thank you um
5: no but like there, there's kind of the thing right if he had killed a politician and if he had killed like someone, uh, you know, well-respected in society, he would be a criminal, um, and everyone would kind of look down on him because because he killed kind of the scum of the earth, uh, like pimps, and uh, you know, like he's looked at as a hero. And kind of this movie in the same way, if you look at if you look at Batman, right? As Batman is killing the right people, he's the, he's the same kind of rich nepotism case who's killing the right people, as you know, ba- like Patrick Bateman might be killing like quote unquote the scum of the earth and no one really cares about it, but like, he's a villain because he's killing, you know, so it's kind of like the same, like if you had killed the right people, you've killed like the right criminals, I guess you're kind of a hero. Them more. Yeah. So it's interesting that those are both, uh, it's kind of opposite points, but like, I kind of find that interesting as that, you know, the distinction between those two things and where society is, you know, kind of, uh, analyzing that. I hadn't thought about that point before, but I just did, you know, when I said it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Christina, Christina. Is that, you have
7: is that,
9: else or is that uh... oh, I give it eleven out of ten axes.
5: <laughs> we gotta start. We gotta start coming up with like a, a rating system for these films, I guess. But
9: it has to be based on something that's associated with the film. So, like, axe for this film. <laughs> One hundred ten or eleven out of ten Bitcoin.
4: Um. <laughs> <laughs> this, this
7: sounds like a job for somebody else. I do enough on this show. It's
9: worth eleven million dollars.
8: It's not Rockfin. Where <laughs> 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 they pay us in crypto. I, I, are you I'm not to gonna lie. It?
7: I'm a pretty honest guy. I still can't figure out how to watch the show. I'm sorry. Like I, tr- I tried well, like on like Twitter. And and like,
8: Wait, I watched
7: talk- that. I can watch, but I was like, I don't have oh, enough time was... for this.
5: We're at, what? We're at, are, you, are you trying to hate on us for being on a rock? Because no, Mickey Cons got us that meeting. I know, but crypto—they had to, apparently.
8: We haven't made a payout yet, so I don't actually know how it works. I have the wallet, and, and as soon as I, we make it, some money. allegedly,
5: the wallet, the wallet actually isn't. isn't uh, we have to set it up. I don't think allegedly crypto, but uh, yeah. Well, isn't isn't all crypto allegedly crypto?
8: Yeah, it's true. Yes, all does it don't even exist?
5: Currency. This is something that we have to save, I guess, for the future. Andrea Muppet movie episode. Where we'll start shitting on crypto and see what she does, says to respond to that. Um. All right, uh, Conan, you kind of got your Huey Lewis and the News take out there, but I want to hear, you know, if you have other final thoughts that are. Oh, I, I, I have,
7: I have a million of them. Yes, yeah, so we could do a whole show of them, even. But uh, yeah, uh, I'll keep it succinct. This is a fantastic, modern, uh, dark comedy. And yes, it's violent. And yes, it pissed off all the right people for it. But it's effective as a film for a number of reasons. And it's honestly criminal that um, Christian Bale was not nominated for a Best Actor role for this. Because he's fantastic in it. And there's a lot of fantastic things about it. Uh, you know, Mary's direction is, is astounding too, like as a film, like honestly, I liked American Beauty like when it came out. But if you think about it in terms of like what has and hasn't aged well, I'm gonna go and say mm-hmm. American Psycho wins, although Battle Royale should was probably my best picture, honestly, if we're gonna be real. but uh, for that year. But I think that it's um it's interesting to see the memification of American Psycho and how uh, the memes of American Psycho have become a part of culture. For for folks now, usually completely divorced from the actual events of American Psycho. Yeah, that's good... Interesting. Now let's see the quote tweets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's crazy because it's like it, that's how much how pervasive it's been in culture. And I read the book just like just like Kenzo, and you know I enjoy the book. I like I like almost every Brandy Snell's book, every except for one. But the violence in it is brief. He, yeah. It may only be four pages, but those four pages read like Dostoevsky. Cause you're like, Oh my God, yeah. I can never get out of my head. Jesus. Uh, so the fact that it manages to be what it is and leave ambiguity at the end to like, Oh, it was all a dream. And it's like, Oh no, it actually, you know, it wasn't all a dream. It was, you know, this, that, whatever to like do the Quentin Tarantino thing uh, of not taking away people's experience of, of what it is by, declaratively stating what it is makes it a great film this this is this is the perfect capper for movie night madness the perfect capper could not think of one that would be any better and uh happy to be talking about it and i think it's uh you know this is one that i i have my tag on letterbox i think i'm the only one that's done it accidental cable watch i've watched all the way through and uh this is the classic accidental cable watch i watched all the way through because i watch it every time yeah Yeah, call me a boomer because I have cable, and then I'll go find you and I'll fucking kill you.
5: By the way, (laughs) no, I mean I I had cable for two years out of twenty-seven years of life. I just technically it's
7: streaming. (laughs) Technically it's streaming cable if you're going (laughs) to be tears. But anyway, but uh, if I was smarter, I would have made that into uh, kill you and then have the uh, owner of the building come in and clean the bodies up afterwards. Yeah, but anyway, (laughs) I don't know
5: if you're in that class strata, but you know. I assure you, I am not, <laughs> especially <laughs> not this week. Um, Jay Jander returning videos world. What videos are you returning? Let's hear some final thoughts.
6: I am finally going to return pirates. The uh, 19, it's uh, no, 2005 um, R rated version of the film. And uh...
7: <laughs> right. No, no holds
6: barred Ooh. and all scenes required. At
7: Andy world's place for <laughs> the movie pirates. Everybody.
6: No, I actually have the the DVD behind me, but uh, that's that, another story for another day. I'm not
7: <laughs> the least bit surprised by that sentence.
6: <laughs> it's a fun movie, it really is. Mm-hmm. Um anyways, uh no, um yeah, so that's you know, you know, one of the things that that gets me is uh there, there's this um and believe me, I'm going to get to a point here, but so so bear with me for a moment. Uh there's a great graphic novel called Batman White Knight where the Joker becomes sane and basically becomes the new Batman and,
5: uh, yeah. And Black Lives Matter is evolving it. Right. And, and Batman's, uh, kind of like, oh,
6: whatever. I, the plot points are, are that, that specific that, that I'm getting into. But the important thing about that is, is that, that Batman and the Joker are interchangeable, which is why when this, when, when I watched this movie, because I missed it when it first came out, I watched hmm. it in the lead up to Batman. And I thought Christian Bale would be a much better Joker than he would be a Batman. Hmm. Um, mm. and honestly, I, am uh, very cold to his Batman. Um, like physically he's, he's probably the first actor that physically, you know, captured Batman. Cause there's that physicality also to, the first to,
5: actor to uh, physically capture Dick Cheney. Um, yes, get lost, in the, <laughs> um, <laughs> get lost. But, but
6: in the-, the important thing is, is that, um, you know, he did kill the Joker and this is not the first time we see a uh, kill Joker. In fact, in fact, um, the best Batman uh, on, on the big screen, you know uh which is michael keaton also killed the joker that's true um uh, but but anyways the, the the thing is is that batman and joker can be interchangeable and and in a lot of stories they kind of are uh if you look at like um uh oh the the one where uh batman's uh bruce wayne gets killed in the alley and his dad becomes batman and his mom becomes the joker and like, like, you know, they, they do a lot of things about the duality of Batman and Joker. So so uh, truly this movie, to me, uh, the genius of the movie is the fact that it is the duality of Batman and the Joker in a uh, uh, film version that you can actually point to and, and uh, see that, you know, not only that, people are confusing Batman and the Joker in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Wasn't that the
7: whole thing with the movie Joker that like he thinks that he's related you know like yeah uh, yeah and, and that's based on specious logic to say the least but like well know,
5: two very different types of reddit bros um <laughs> but uh yeah andy is that it because follow movie
7: moving extravaganza on reddit thank you well, more or less <laughs> uh, that,
6: that, that's pretty much my point
7: it's just- i want
5: because i wanted to say well we have to end apartheid for one and slow down the nuclear arms race and stop terrorism and world hunger we have to provide food and shelter for the homeless and oppose racial discrimination and promote civil rights while also encouraging equal rights for women we have to encourage a return to traditional moral values more importantly we have to promote general social concern and less materialism in young people